What's up, Max? So I, I see Jeff Keaton chimed in on a Facebook post this weekend about you. No, no. He says, I don't know. I don't know if he's unfriended me or if I just never like gotten to be his Facebook. But one day you tagged me on one of his posts, like on comments or something. Oh, he wouldn't unfriend you. Yeah, I don't think he would unfriend me. So I guess he just never asked me to be a Facebook friend. And I generally don't ask people to be my Facebook friend. So I guess we just never we, crossed paths. We, we need to get a Max versus Keaton on her, I think. No, but the thing is, like, Keaton is just a troll. So you can't have a serious conversation with him. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, even if he's, like, even partially right, he'll just say some shitty stuff for the sake of it. So. I mean, we could have fun. We could argue from like silly things, like you know, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. But I'm definitely well, not tra- having a serious argument with him. <laughs> he would be happy. Um, the Code of Fan won this weekend. He decimated guys. Carl yeah, but, but I, I think, I think uh, Keaton has something that I don't know what happened to him. But I think he has sold his soul to the corporate uh, world in RC. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. He's just a straight up TLR fun boy these days. And I don't think he even races. He just loves He does, TLR he does a lot of 10 scale. He does all 10 scale carpet. Oh, okay. Okay. Because okay. he's up. Oh, uh, carpet? Yeah. Is he one carpet. of those guys? Wasn't he one of those guys who's like, oh, like, nope. They're racing carpet. his. Always oh, like okay. Carpet. Always like Yeah. Carpet. I imagine him as a guy who's like, oh, I want real off road racing. No. 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 He would okay. be like, he's not burning on those tires. Anyway, shout yeah. out to Jeff Keaton. He uh he caused some issue. He you know Jake Jake uh he, he actually had a good rant the other day though. Um but he still pissed some people off of that too. But that's well, what Keaton does. He's fucking Jeff Keaton. Like I don't think he's ever said anything which made like over fifty percent of the hearers happy, you know. Like anytime he says something, more than half of the people like fuck I mean, you're that could be idiot. said about you too. That could be said about you too and JQ. No, but the thing but is the thing is, like, me and JQ are most of the time, like, right, you know? Okay. So, like, e- even if you hate us, you kind of have to agree. But Keaton okay. says, like, such silly shit that uh, it's just funny most of the time. He, I mean, he does have some good input, though. I did enjoy his rants. Yeah. He, his, his post was really good. It was about sponsorship. But anyway, on, oh, on yeah, that one Keaton, uh, we have uh, a good guest this weekend. All that good stuff. We got to talk about some silly season news. All that there. Let's drop that intro. Let's get cracking. And uh, we, we're, we're not going to be on too long this t- this weekend. This week. It's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. Nitro is the glory. But E-Buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this money-grabbing book racing. Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Lefty the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. 
Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro's the glory, but E Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 215 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keno White, aka Lefty the Great. Over to the left is the arrogant one who's already started a war with Jeff Keaton, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> um, no, I don't, back, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really give a shit what he says. I'm just having fun here. Yeah, I'm sure he is too. He loves the reaction. Yeah. So it's 7 p.m. for me. It's like 1 p. 1 a.m. for you. Uh, I I'm traveling to Florida tomorrow. We're recording this before I leave. Um, basically, so yeah, we're gonna have a quick podcast. We do have a guest this weekend. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But before I do that, I have to say thank you to all of our supporters around the world. Uh, thank you for all the support. I think we're at our four year anniversary coming up soon. Her on the 18th in a couple more days. Well, four more days and uh, coming up to the end of the year here. So thank you to everybody around the world that has been supporting us. It's been four great years. We want to keep it going. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to 2023. So shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. Also shout out to the patrons and no name RC podcast, YouTube members. You guys will get early release of this podcast. Uh, thank you for the support. If you wish to become a patron or an NNRC YouTube member, you can. The links are in the written description of this podcast. Also, thank you to the awesome companies that choose to advertise with the No Name RC podcast. If you are an RC company or non-RC company and you like what we're doing here, you think this is a great platform to promote your business, shoot me an email. We got our new sponsor tiers up and our new one page. I'll send it out to you. We're looking for... Uh, all types of companies to come and join us next year. We do have limited spots. We're not taking a bunch of peop- uh, sponsors this year. So get them in quick. And uh, yeah, we have some great tiers. We're offering it. We're going to go big in next year. We're going to have a lot of things going on. Hopefully do some more event coverage like we did this year. But yeah, check us out. But shout out to the awesome companies that do support us. They are InvisibleSpeed.net. I don't know who has won the competition yet. Uh, I, haven't asked J- I haven't asked JQ. He's been super busy. I'll talk more about that. TZO 200 Tires was talking to Nick. said they got a new tire coming out. TNR Fuels, shout out to Chris and his family. Looking forward to the TNR A-Main, Fuel, A-Main Challenge. I would actually like to go to that race. We'll see what happens. Uh, Beach RC, shout out to Brent and Lucas and the guys there. I see Lucas is busy pumping out videos as well. Check them out. If you wish to support Beach RC, there's a link in the written description of this podcast. There's an affiliate link. Helps us out. Uh, Mayako, see that they're going to be releasing uh, kits soon. So like kits, like, like non-engraved kits and all that type of stuff. And of course, Mayako's name is being thrown all around in Silly Season right now. Techno RC, another name being thrown all over the place in uh, Silly Season as well. Shout out to Techno RC. Lugs Racing Tires. Uh, shout out to Bryce and Brad. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Hello, Scooter. We do have written. Sorry for these next couple of ones. We do have uh, coupon codes. They're all in the written description. Uh, G-Spec RC Tuning. Shout out. What's up? G-Off. Sampadal USA, how you doing? Hefty Clinic RC, shout out Tony and uh, Vicky. Racecraft USA, so the Racecraft USA boys were at AMS this weekend. They look like they had a lot of fun. RCGP, shout out to David Isherwood and all the members of the RCGP crew. House of RC, congratulations once again to Connie Swenson on his new appointment as large-scale chairman or vice chairman. And shout out to David Ronafalk, who's still 
get trying to get his life back on track after losing his Facebook and getting hacked in his Instagram and all that stuff. But he is back on and he's busy. He's, I think he has a lot of carpet racing coming up. Saw that uh, Tebow was, had a pretty decent weekend, finished fifth. He would still want to win, but uh, had a good weekend. Shout out to him. Alexander Hagberg's in Malaysia. And of course, Robert Betty, who we're going to talk about, who finally made the announcement that he's leaving Mugen. And while we're at it, I also want to shout out to Ardent Imprints, who's doing all of our USA swag. Go check out Jason Bukal on, on Facebook or Instagram. If you, He's not just doing RC stuff uh, as well. If you have a company, you want to get some stuff uh, printed up, check him out, man. He's doing embroidery, printing all in-house there in the Southeast. Let's get him uh, some business. Also, if you want some NNRC swag, check him out. Uh, also, we have NNRC swag now available in UK, Europe through RC Haas. Uh, the link for that will be in the written description as well. Shout out to Sean Gregson. He came and he approached me and is like, I want to do the NNRC swag in Europe and UK. So if you are there, hit him up. Uh, I think he has a website. You can pick everything. They have hats. I have a bunch of stuff going on. Check them out. If you are getting some NNRC swag, shoot, shoot a picture of it. Tag us in it. We want to see it. We thank you for the support. And thank you to those awesome companies for their support. Remember, they have more than just NNRC swag. So, yeah, thank you. And remember, all links can be found in the written description of this podcast. And remember, everybody, showing these companies some love, shows the podcast some love. And if you're a company, you're interested, hit me up. We got, uh, we got, we're going to send you out some uh, paperwork. All right, Max. So, um, real quick, our guest this week is, so last week, I didn't know if I was going to have Miko Widemeyer or Clayton Young. So I did record with uh, Mr. Young. Great conversation with him. Uh, just kind of getting to know him. And this is a guy I want to put my support behind in fixing raw. He, he, he kind of calls it how he sees it. He, he is, a, he's, he's a straight shooter. He already told me his plan. He says it in the podcast. It's like, I'm not, no, I'm not being, it's no nonsense. Either you're going to do what you're supposed to do or step down and let somebody else do it. So uh, looking really good, looking to be the guy that's needed to hopefully change raw on as we have the raw uh, presidential elections and also other uh, elections going on within Raw. So that will be, that was a great interview with Mr. Clayton Young. You guys check it out and um, we will have that up here shortly. So Max, um, you are there very late. It's on the eve of me traveling. I need to pack as usual. And uh, I leave out of her about four o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So this is my schedule so far. All right. So, so this is what I, I was up at four 30 this morning, Max. Buying my plane tickets finally for the South America tour with JQ. So we got that done at about five this morning. You know, was happy to, you know, I was very happy that we have my, I have my ticket actually bought nine days prior to me leaving because I swore on I was not going to buy this ticket until the day I actually got back before I was about to leave. So now I'm actually going on a day before these guys and leaving a day after. So I go on, I, I literally go to Florida tomorrow, Florida Carpet Champs, can't wait. Come back home next Monday. I'm home for Tuesday. I got to wash clothes, do all that type of stuff. Get a haircut, do all that there. And then I am on a plane. Where did Max go? I don't know. I don't know where Max went. He just shut down his computer and he went somewhere. Well, anyway, so for everybody that doesn't know, I will be then hopping on a plane and on the Wednesday, the 23rd, and flying to Peru where I'll meet up with JQ and... Did you? I dropped off for some reason. I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. So I was just telling everybody that I come home next Monday, literally have one day home. And then Wednesday, I fly on to Peru 
I meet up with my buddy Sergio, spend the night at his place, and then on the Tuesday, on the Thursday, we pick up Robert and JQ. Now, the reason I left on the 23rd is just a battle flight. Five hours, no connection. Straight flight. It's a three and a half hour drive from here where I have to go in the airport. And then coming back, I actually stay a day after because it's just a battle flight as well. Still have to do connection, but it's a lot easier through Panama. So three weeks with JQ and Robert in South America. With Robert, I'm sure I'll be fine. With JQ, I don't, I, it's just a matter of time before I hurt him. And um, I'm just going to do what Peko does. Peko just grips JQ in headlocks and throws him on the wrong, <laughs> throws him into bushes. You know, and JQ just, I see he seems to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah. Definitely thinking physical harm will come to JQ very soon in this trip. So we have to get things straight. But looking forward to it. We're going to Peru, Brazil, and Santiago. Chile looks like it's going to be the biggest one. We got drivers coming from Argentina. Um, maybe some guys from Peru coming as well. So it's looking, and, that, and it's a beautiful facility. So super excited. All right, Max. So we're going to talk a little bit about AMS today and some silly season stuff. Nothing too serious. We're not doing a full board podcast. No questions. No, nothing like that. We're just going to catch a catch up because AMS, I would say last big race of the year for the Americans and of the eight scale season. I mean, we have fall brawl coming up uh, in December. It will get some pro guys, but not to as many guys as this. <clears throat> so we had Alabama, Alabama, Alabama manufacturer shootout 13.0 this past weekend held at in Coleman, Alabama. I've actually been to this race. I went when it was in June. And it was a little bit different. So they've had this race now in November or on this time for two years in a row. And the track definitely gets a lot different than what it does from when I was there. It gets dry, it gets dusty, gets a little more rough. But yeah, let's talk about it, Max. Let's talk about it. First off, I have to say, let's talk about the track. I really did like the track. Similar to last year, Bobby Connor put a lot of jumps. You know, this track had a lot of jumps, different jumps. Yeah. I really like that, that section that came through the middle. It was like skippy jumps. Where you could, they were yeah. kind of like jumps that sent you fast and far, and then into that triple that sent you up. Uh, I really yeah, like the track. Like tight and technical. That's sort of yes. the style Bobby's been going with this race for the reason. Yes, so. he did it last like year, it. similar. I like it. Yeah, yeah I, various different jumps and stuff like that. Uh, also, this is the capped race, so very little entries. I think it was 120 some entries. I don't know if they filled up. Unfortunate because um, I know that Dave has to make his money. I, I have a feeling maybe it's just a little bit too long on the four day. Yeah, I don't know why they went four days. Well, they went that way because. What yes, because when they were doing year? all the schedule and all that stuff, they like you know, I, I believe Joseph helped them out with this, and I'm sure he went with the four. He wanted the four day option, but I think yeah. um, for race time to get those the, all the, get, to fill this race up, they're probably gonna have to drop one of those days and figure out a way where people that can come late yeah. on, on Friday can make get some practice. Yeah, I think I think you're able to do like. Kind of like RCGP, you know, you're able to do three days and get it done with. Um, like yeah, I RCGP think so too. Plus, uh, I think. But also, um, but the problem yeah, is that know. there's as many RCGP. classes. That's the problem. There's there's also yeah. the amount of classes, so it's a little different from RCGP. Yeah, I think I think it would ease it up a bit if they drop like the sportsman intermediate. But they they are not. Then that's not going to yeah, happen because people come and they want to do that. So that's not going to happen, yeah. and that's fine. But those um, guys want their piece of plastic. Well, I mean, the trophies are pretty nice. They look like, um, so this year for AMS, he always has, like, they look like motocross 
placards. Yeah. You know, the, so yeah. they look pretty cool. Uh, I've, okay, so let's talk about this race. Had all the top USA guys there besides Tasman was the only person that didn't show up. Um, coverage was not that great at the beginning because it was just a still camera. You could see the whole track because it's not a very big track, but they did have moving cameras. I should actually should bring up some of this here. I think I think had the moving cameras. Okay. I think the mains were okay, but like yeah, every anything else they I mean they they shot a GoPro or something on that would have been shot. Well, I mean, they had pictures because uh, I think, yeah. uh, what's his name? Jacob done all of this himself. So he, uh, he he's a busy man doing all of this on his own. So uh, yeah. with that to be said, I was a little bit disappointed. Mind you, I was very busy this weekend. So I, I'm not going to lie. I did not get to go watch this live. I watched this today, actually. Before I came on her, we're watching the pro nitro main, which was 45 minutes. Fan led this from start to finish. Oh my gosh. He just dominated yeah. this. Yeah. This is like his race, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he dominated this. He won Truggy. Truggy was a little close. Him and Mayfield had some battles. See, this is the, I really like that long jump. And then into that, it's just like a fast section of jumps. And you got a jump that sends you high. Uh, this this little comment to the straightaway was causing some people some problems. Ooh, look at that jump going on there. I, I like the yeah. track. I do like the track. Now that I'm looking at it again, I like this rhythm section, double, yeah. triple. Yeah, I think I think Bobby did better than last year. Last year it was like technical, but at some point it was just like really hard to do every lap. Like here is like if you hit your lines perfectly, you can do the same thing every lap. You know, it's not that you have to get a bit lucky at times, you know? Uh, so I think this this is a better layout for, like, racing and stuff. Maybe it's a bit high speed, so it's hard to get close. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this track was really nice. Uh, good job uh, by Bobby. I think, uh, so we're watching the starter. I think Spencer Rifkin, like, broke right off the bat in this. Yeah. I don't know. He looks, he looks fast at times, but I don't know. Uh, notes. So... Tyler Jones, actually, so I, I don't, I have to ask Lance again how the Super Bowl and all that stuff works, but I went to look at qualifying. Tyler Jones actually was in the C-Main and bumped up to this race. So good job on yeah. him. I think he had some bad luck in qualifying, it looked like. Yeah. And him, little bump, and hold on, I'm going to close this down a little bit, and then we'll stop sharing it. All right, so let's look at the results here. So I believe Tater Tyler Jones and Little Bump were the bump ups from this. Yeah, yeah, from B main. B main. But you know who else was in the B main? I can't remember. Drake. Cole Ogden. Oh yeah, yeah. This is what you said. Uh, well, yeah, they have the new front end on the car. Uh, I would have imagined it would have been good at this track, but clearly, I mean, well, Little Bump did it. Did it. So who else was in the main? Fuller. Both Fullers. So. Let's, oh, let's both see who fullers. Was, so we had uh, so Mason just Fuller. Had... No, we had Caden Fuller and Little Bump with four, three HB guys. By the way, HB oh, went to this yeah. race before. You know what? You know what? Uh, Cole was in hot race. So that's why. Oh, that, yes, but yeah. so was uh, Brandon Rose. He was in hot race. Where did he finish? Seventh. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, don't but get I don't me wrong. Know. I understand that you need J Concepts tires or Pro Line tires. Don't get me wrong. I understand. I that. don't even think. I don't even think Pro Line's good at like J Concepts yeah, on, on like Line. Yes, I believe so. Let me check that. Let me fact check that. I probably yeah. Won't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, he he should be on Pro Line. He's been on Pro Line, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Pro Line was good this year. But usually, like the southern races, it's like if in these races, J concept. Yeah, yeah, I agree it's always J concept. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what Hackard's on real quick. I, yeah. I think is on pro line, man. Yeah, but talking about Hackard finishing third, like in front of um, who was it, Tebow and Jones, I guess. Yes. Uh, so that was good. <laughs> that was really good. Well, he finished in front of. Oh, hold on. What did I do here? Uh, what is this? Pro I think I think I think that's his first podium in Pro Nature Buggy for the year. I believe so. Isn't besides um, at RCGP, but yeah, well, maybe he's on a roll. Like RCGP, he looked fast. He looked. I well, think overall, overall, like obviously he's making a lot of dumb mistakes. But like, if you overlook that sort of mistakes part, like he did super. He was super fast. When he got into the lead in the first main, he was super comfortable. And in the second main on Saturday, he just like he went for it and got in the second and took the win. So yeah, he, I think I think he's found something maybe in, in his driving mm-hmm. in his program because he's been looking really good recently. So I hope this keeps on. I like yeah, to see I do him too. do really well. I do too. I do too. Uh, Mason Fuller in fourth. Uh, Okay, he's been th- he's been finishing top five all year, mostly third, highest placement second. I'm not too worried about Mason. I was supposed to call, I was supposed to talk to his dad a little bit today, but I actually took a nap. Yeah. Um, Mason was fourth, right, and then yeah, Tebow. Oh no, fifth. Jones. No, 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 Jones was sixth. No, Jones oh, that was, was Truggy. That was Truggy. That was Truggy. Yeah, you're looking at Truggy. So we yeah. had Tebow fifth, born Big Joe Bornhorse in sixth, Brandon Rose seventh, Caden Fuller eighth, Adam Drake ninth. Wow, did Drake did run forty plus? I don't know if 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 that's you know that great. I mean, I don't know how it's been Drake. Hey, Drake hasn't I, I made an amen for a minute in pro buggy. He hasn't. Okay, well then, then good job. I think that's good then. Yes. Uh and who? Are, oh, shucks. Where was we? So let's talk about um, Dakota fan. He lapped the entire field, Max. Yeah, that was like an Ongaro performance. <laughs> he led from start to finish. Like, he led, and, like, Mayfield yeah. tried to get up to him. And I, Mayfield was battling with him in Truggy. But, yeah, he just dominated. I think this is Fen's race now. Like, he's going to win oh, this race. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing, like, he's on Jay Concept's tires. Mm-hmm. So uh, is Mayfield. They, well, yeah, yeah. But, like, so he doesn't have any disadvantage that way. Um, he's... His car is like super aggressive, turns tight, you know, um, uh, short rear arms, wide pivot, then C-hub front end, uh, positive offset, all that. Uh, that's like perfect for tracks like this, you know, like you get the mm-hmm. car rotating fast, you get out of the corners fast. Yeah. And so this is like perfect for him. And then it's like a 10 scale track pretty much. In terms of like how you have to drive it, mm-hmm. so yeah, def- definitely like like this race, like last year he was good. He like almost left the field. This year it's just like I think I think like it, it'll be as long as Bobby keeps these tracks 
the same style, I don't think anyone will be beating him. Like if he doesn't have any issues for the like the future, <laughs> because this is like everything that could go his way is going his way at this race. Like to start out the start out with, like not even like he he just has to drive pretty much and he wins because he's like he's already at that level. You know, he's like at any any race he goes to, he's gonna probably finish second or third or second or first you know yeah i mean well, it's it's between mayfield and him now it's been like that for the last yeah. years we've had yeah. some people step up and do well and win or get or yeah. disturb that that too but right now ryan mayfield and dakota fan are the two racers you that show up and we just have a feeling that they'll win but we took some numbers. we looked at some numbers um because we've seen a lot of people saying that this is the best year that uh that the eight scale drivers had, and I don't, I don't really agree with that in Dakota Fen because at the end of the day, we know we look at some numbers. Barry messaged me today, first time he's messaged me in a while. Uh, he hasn't messaged me since the world. So, what's up, Barry? He, uh, he was very happy about um, Fen, but you should be because I mean, he he peppered these guys. Like, he, he, if I'm a pro racer at this race, I'm contemplating life this morning when I wake up. Like, what am I doing? Why did I get lapped? But it's a smaller track, easy to get lapped. Uh, man, well done to Dakota Fenn. You know, Barry is going to tell, he, he's made, you know why Barry messaged me? Because he knows that his son, you, are gonna, is going to say <laughs> something about this. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. Should should we just go, should you just tell them how the no, statistics let's, let's, look? Let's go through the race. Let's go through this race. Let's go through some of these. Okay, and then we'll talk okay, about okay. Fenn and, and Mayfield and the year that they had. Okay. All right. So, so Barry, has to, Barry has to wait a bit uh, to yes, hear the theory yes. once again. Another fourth, a fourth for Mason Fuller. Good. He would still want to keep that third place. Great run for Tebow. He would want to be on the podium or winning, but uh, we, we'll talk more like this, but probably his last race on the techno, it looks like. Apparently, that's the yeah. other rumors that's coming out. Not yeah. rumors, but like it's being out there now. Joe Bornhorst, I think he can be happy with a sixth. Probably not what he wanted, but there. And well, and then he could, they can take, Asrox can take some. Some con- some you know some some more positive things going out of this with Hackard's third, Brandon Rose. This is kind of where he's been all year on seventh. Yeah, eighth. Brandon. I don't know if it's just that he drives so hard, but at times he looks like he's fucking fast. But then he always almost finishes seventh. You know, he's like seventh or eighth pretty much every race at this point. Yeah, but I mean he's been consistent there, and he's gonna make some more gains. You know who I'm surprised wasn't her? I don't think I saw him anything. But I'll talk about it. Caden Fuller, I think he goes home with an eighth. That's a good finish for him. Um, Caden's definitely had a good year so far. Has he made well. like a big main yet? Yes, I think so. So this is oh, yeah, not his I first big that, main. Yeah. Like I said, but Adam I think, Drake in ninth. Hey, yeah, the but, Drake has not made a main in a long time, so that's good for yeah. him. But I think I think Caden, isn't he like a few years younger than Mason? Yes, yes. But yeah, he's, like, so like, is I, bigger than Aiden, than Mason. Yeah, but like, like we're talking all about Mason Fuller like being the big star, but like Caden Fuller is a few years behind, and he's already making mains quite consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be like, I think it could be sort of the Killich effect where yes, Burak seems the- like Burak seems like the better driver for a long time, and then when Berkan gets to you know a bit older, he gets that speed. So, and the thing is, like, these two can practice together. So, as long as Mason is faster, Caden has someone faster to match up to. 
And then when they get equal speed, which I think will happen, um, yeah, then then it will be interesting. Yes, uh, Tater Sontag bumping up from the B main. Tater has had another quiet, decent year in eight scale. He made the eight. He made the nationals final. He made this final. He's been doing good in ten scale. He's still only fifteen years old. That's the thing about yeah. it. Yeah, Tater Sontag is much. interesting. Yeah, Tater Sontag is interesting because people talked about him a lot, like what five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of like nobody talked about him for a while, you know. Right, because uh, I mean, when they were talking about him, he was good, but it was a lot of negativity too. Yeah, but now he seems like, to have yeah. calmed on, grown up a yeah. lot. And, and also, like he actually gets some pretty damn good results too. So mm-hmm. I think he's one of those guys like people sort of haven't been focusing on due to like war in the past. Past, uh, you know, perception. I would be guilty of that, even though I've never met him. That yeah. kind of always stuck in the back of my brain. But then, like, I was, wa- I've been watching him over the la- over this year, and he's been doing really well. And then I got to meet his dad finally, like at at Masters, and he's done really well. Like, we can't take it from for young Max. You're yawning already, Max. You're only twenty nine minutes yeah. in, and you got the yawns. <laughs> um, yeah. that's late there. So very good job by Tater, and then um, good job on Little Bump making the 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 final. He bumped yeah. up from the B, but it looks like he had an issue as well. Cavallari was actually yeah. in third and fourth until he had. It looks like he broke at the end. Um, yeah. Well, he finished. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, he. I came think Cavallari is just like waiting to get to the winter break and then come out strong next year. Could be. I mean, he's probably going to be doing 10 scale a lot, but I'm trying to see because I was watching the race and I heard Lance said that he came off the driver's stand. So I'm trying to find where I see that in his laps, but I don't see it Um, because he had to have. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he went on to, he had, he dropped out at the 33 minute mark and that's about it. Let's talk about who wasn't in this main. So B main, Safendalen fourth, Tanner Denny fifth, Cole Ogden sixth, Ryan. P- okay, Jared Wiggins, Lee Satzer. I'm not going to say too much about that. Ryan Pavita's ninth, Aiden Horn, more or less. Ryan Lutz in the B main. What? Not bumping up. I yes. thought he even wasn't there. What? What's going on with him? Oh, maybe yes. JKA though. Could be. Could be. Let's look Maybe. at tires. Let's look at tires in the B main and the A main. So we had JC, JC, Proline, JC, aka JC, Hot Race, JC, 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 JC. <laughs> I think Tater, no, Tater's pro, might be Tater might be Proline, Proline, JC. Maybe. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder why Tebow. Did so well with AK. I maybe it's I don't know. Maybe a lot. I think the track got a little more rough and rusty and dusty for him. Maybe that helped out a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. Lots usually is much better when the track's rough though. Like yeah, definitely. You remember the to... you remember the visions race where he was like crazy yes. fast at times. So I think he... I think lots is just like these smooth tracks. I don't know if they really suit him. 
Mm, maybe, but not not very good know. for not yeah. very good for, not very good for their last race of the year. I would say her. Um, yeah, but he's done like surprisingly well this year. I was like, I was like waiting. Cole. Cole. Yeah, I'm a little bit shocked at Cole because I had him winning this race. Yeah, what? He, I'm looking. I had him in the top three of this race. I think when we did, I, what what was my top three? Fan Mayfield Mason. I yeah, think mine probably. was Fan Mayfield Mason, and Mason was fourth. So I, yeah. But it's like he comes Damn off that Hager. great performance at the Worlds, and then he doesn't make a main at this race. It's kind of yeah. I don't know does. what it is. I I gotta be honest. Uh, oh, you went back like, from. Sorry, so I'm looking. But at I her. Mean, it it's... looks like he went on the on the. He was in. No, he was just. It looks like he just started at the back of the pack in eighth, and just could never get up to the front on this small yeah. track. But what was it? Pavidis also in the B. Ogden in the B. Little Bump was the only HP apart from. Well, the fullest were both in A. Yeah. So it, it can't no. just be the car, really. I don't yeah, know. No they, they, are, they are running. They are running the new car. Uh, so they have a new front end. They already ran it at the Worlds. They have uh, basically what they've done is they've put some shorter arms on the front end and then put some chuggy parts on it, like the spindle on it. So it's basically like a 10 scale style front end, like 10, 10 scale full drive or what the low C front end was before. Like, I'd be very surprised if they get that to work. Uh, at this track, it should work, which is surprising to me how Pavidis and Ogna struggle. Perhaps it is the tires. Like, Brandon mm. just somehow got around, you know? But, yeah, definitely hot race tires aren't the best at this track. I, I remember Tesman struggling loads last year. Yeah. All right. Um, Just also, it looks, let's just go through some of these other results before we move on. Uh, and talk about Fend and his year. So Mason Fuller won the e buggy finals. He won them in two e He won the A one and A two. Um. So congratulations to him. He's an e buggy spat. He does. He does. He 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 beats these guys in e buggy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, sorry. That was just A three. Uh, let's bring up in pro trip. So we have Mason Fuller, Mayfield. Rivkin, Fenn, Bornhorse, Rose, Tebow, Jones, Horn, Calf, Little Bump, Cole Ogden, Spencer Hackett, and Jared Wiggins. So congratulations to Mason Fuller on that. Also in Truggy, let's see, Truggy main. I think, uh, yeah, Fenn won this, followed by Ray May- Ryan Mayfield, Bornhorse, Rivkin, Jones, Tebow, Fuller, Hackett, Ogden, Wiggins, Setzer, Drake, Cavalry, Seth Van Dalen. So Fenn ripped yeah. it this weekend. Let's see who won intermediate real quick. Just intermediate nitro buggy. How many, how many HBs was there in the E buggy main? Uh let's see. HB went to this race in force. Yeah, they they had a huge like promoting it. Yeah. They had all so we had Fuller. Fuller, little bump, Cole Ogden. Okay, so it was three. So we had Mason Fuller. Yeah. No, yeah, Jackson have, Bronson at this race. Yeah, maybe he had done something else. I don't know. Well, he lives in Arizona now, I think. 
Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. he moved. Yeah, yeah he so moved to Arizona. Yeah, he, yeah, then it's a long, long trip. Yeah. Um. Yeah. HB winning uh, e-buggy. Still only three cars in there. They did win. Uh, I think they did pretty well in intermediate and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely a big race. Well done to all those guys who took part. Shout out to Cody Thompson. I saw he done. He saw. I saw he done pretty well as well from the CTC, CTRC guys. But yeah, good race. It looks like uh, people got lots of track time. We did get moving cameras, so I do appreciate that. Uh, that I was watching today. But a lot of people came out of this. I saw some things on Facebook talking about Dakota Fend, and this has been the best year that a pro eight-scale driver's had and all this type of stuff. So I said, let's compare the numbers between these two racers. So I took Ryan Mayfield and Dakota Fend. So these are the two racers that won. So I have SIC, DNC, Nationals, PMB, Silver State, Southern Nationals, Wicked Weekend, Worlds, AMS. So this is how it goes. Fend did not go to sick SIC. Mayfield won. DNC, Fend fourth, Mayfield first. Nats, Fend obviously won. Mayfield second. PMB, second for Fend, first for Mayfield. Silver State, fourth for Fend. Oh no. Is it fourth? Did he finish fourth? Let me check that. Um, I think but you he got- was fourth. I'm not sure. Yes. I, I might have got that mistaken, but let's check. Um, keep on going, Max. You got the list there. Yeah. So, so Silver State. Yeah, you're gonna check that. Southern Nats, Fend one, uh, Mayfield had a DNF. Uh, Wicked Weekend, <laughs> Mayfield one, Fend had a DNF. Uh, Worlds, uh, Mayfield was fourth. Fend had a. I don't know if he had a flame out or a DNF or what. But no, he, he flamed out. I think he blew a plug. Yeah. yeah. And then at AMS, Fend, um, Fend beat Mayfield. Or so he finished second. fourth at Silver State as well. I was correct. So here we have yeah. Mayfield with. Okay, so I guess we can Mayfield throw away has, SIC. Throw away okay, SIC because yeah. Ma- uh, Fend wasn't take there. Out SIC. So all the races, the big, all big races, both of them went to. Fend has three wins, whereas mm-hmm. Mayfield has. What what is this? Four wins. Four wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the worlds, uh, Mayfield, at least in the main, was stronger. Yes. Um, and the thing, the one main thing here is that if we look at uh, DNC, where Mayfield dominated the race, Fend was only fourth. You know, obviously had a bad start, but you know, still only fourth. Same thing uh, at Silver State. Mayfield wins. Fend only fourth, you know? But every time Fend has won, Mayfield has either finished second or at the Southern Nats he had a DNF. Well, I don't but think he had a DNF. Mayf- he just he had a flame out because it was 18 Yeah, people but there. anyway, like he basically yeah. had a technical, you know? But the, both, both but, the worst positions in this whole race have been a 16th. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's so it's ironic. Yeah, but the thing is, the difference between Fend is that when he's not at his best, when he's not comfortable with the track, like a bumpy DNC or a bumpy soft clay Silver State, 
like that's very tricky for the car he's driving you know that's that, that car isn't just made for tracks like that whereas the mugen as a car is much more versatile it's quite neutral you can tune it to almost any condition there is obviously when you go to you know dnc which is probably mayfield's strongest strongest race he dominates and then you go to ams which is definitely fence strongest race he dominates but the, the main difference between mayfield is that he doesn't have anything else than first or second here apart from that one technical where he finished and a fourth at the worlds yeah and a fourth at the worlds which is still the best american you know he was the best american at the worlds mm -hmm. so this is why even though it looks like fans had a great year mayfield well, still statistically has done better you know well so, th but then if you what if we put but then for argument's sake let's put a level of races that's one fan is a national champion yeah but i mean dnc you had europeans there you know yes Onaro, Ronne Fox. Ronne Fox won it before you know but mm -hmm. was there qualified what second mm -hmm. so it's it's like dn i i'd say dnc and the worlds are the most prestigious so events. So you and have both. it like me. I have the Worlds and then DNC. And yeah, then I and would say Euros yeah. and Nationals are about equal, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Euros and Nationals, yeah. Usually, like, it depends. Like, sometimes the Americans have higher levels. Sometimes the Europeans does. But, like, over, like, a certain time period, yeah. Roar Nats and Euros are generally, you know, at, like, same, similar level races. Especially at the that. top end. I don't know. Yeah. I think Europe has a little bit deeper field. And it might have something to do with the fact that they're, the tracks are permanent. So there's more guys who mm -hmm. are local mm -hmm. to the area can practice there and so on. Right, right, right. But apart from that, you know, I'd say the two most prestigious events, DNC and the Worlds, Fend beat, uh, sorry, Mayfield beat Fend, you know? Then, like, I'd say Nats is the second one, second tier. And, yeah, Fend won that. But it wasn't something like Fend just won it by a mile or anything. They battled for most of the main. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then I'd say the second second most prestigious race or the third tier of races is PNB and Silver State. You know? I think those two are the races which people How value equal? most. Yeah, yeah, they're equal. And and at both of those races, Mayfield beat Fenn. Then mm -hmm. Southern Nats, Wicked Weekend, then AMS, those races generally have not all of the guys in. Like Tesman wasn't here. Well, Wicked um, Weekend was a little, a little, a little. I mean, they had the main guys there. Let's be honest. They had the main guys. Yeah, there. yeah. They, they had the main guys. And I'm not arguing, but I'm saying, like, if we had to put, you know, a ranking to these races in terms of, of these level races, and I agree. prestige. It, it kind of goes like that. And if you go down the list, the higher ranked event, it was Mayfield usually, you know, one. One over Fend at least. So, so that's why, even though Fend has had an amazing year, the TLR, uh, the new TLR platform or the upgrades they brought to this year 
have definitely been definitely been an improvement because last year did he even make the main at Silver State, you know? So like Yeah, like, I forgot about that. Yeah. So Fend Fend's sort of average position has been much, much better this year. I think his race program, the car and his sort of skill and consistency has been better this year. Yes. But he's still, finishing races. Yes, but still, I do have to say, Mayfield still was the more impressive eight-scale nitro buggy driver this year, which is what we're focusing on. Obviously, if you take into account ten-scale e-buggy stuff like that, then yeah, Fend probably you could argue Fend was more dominant this year because he almost won every ten-scale race, you know. But looking strictly at nitro buggy, yeah. Uh, Mayfield was the stronger driver this year. Yeah, I would very close, very close. It I is mean, close. It's very it is close. close. Yeah, but it's amazing that these guys. So let's look at it. So to be honest, so he, Mayfield won. So out of these races, yeah, these two the guys funny, have won them all. <laughs> the funny bit is like. Big well, American besides races. Worlds, besides the worlds. Yeah, Sorry. besides the worlds this year, all the races these, you know, bi- all the big guys went to, it was either Fend or Mayfield who won them. So these two are just like so far above everyone else yes. at the moment. Like, yes. And the thing is like Fend's worst result is fourth. Mayfield's first uh, worst result is second, if you don't count the worlds. Uh, obviously, they had a, the the right. DNF or technicals, but no, no Mayfield's was yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're not far off at all. Like you know, and the only person that's coming up here and being a thorn in their side seems to be Fuller. Yeah, I'd say Fuller has been the third best American this year. Uh, yes, Cole did quite well at the Worlds, but apart from that, he's had B main finishes. Uh, stuff like that. And it's not like you can't say he's the third best in America currently if you have it in a one B man a year, unless it's just like a really unfortunate situation. But yeah, definitely I'd rank Fuller the third best uh, American of the year. Uh, in a, and we're talking now like like Nitro. Yeah. yeah, and the 2022, I would not argue with that. It's, it, yeah. I mean, people would argue that Fend is number one because he's national champion. But like you said, mm-hmm. it's it's it. If you look at the numbers, Mayfield has yeah. got more wins. Yeah, and then when I even talk, talk about SIC, which would have gave him one, one more win because that's when every all the other major guys were there. So yeah, besides Fend, yeah. So it's interesting so, to see. Yeah. But all right, so here's the question: Who do you pick? If you go to any race in the world right now and Mayfield and Fender are there, who are you picking to win? Any, any race in the world? Oh, uh, well, it's a bit difficult because at some tracks like AMS, it would have been silly to pick Mayfield and it was quite predictable. Fender is going to be very, very strong. Mm-hmm. But if it was like, if I wouldn't know where the next race was and I had to make a choice, I'd pick Mayfield every time. Okay. At this point, you know, it's maybe just, next just because year. you feel that he can win at any race, any type of yeah. Surface. And the thing is, like, if it be, if it is, you know, a, a hardcore, like, 
the track at the Red One wasn't really typical European track. Yes, it's typical Spanish track, perhaps, but it's not typical, you know, European. Like, uh, so Chile, where we had the Euros, like even Escazuna. Yeah, it's it's very, very different style to American tracks. And I'd say, thanks to Mayfield running a Mugen, and the fact that that platform is, in my opinion, more versatile than the TLR platform, mm-hmm. those 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 two, like those two, just make me think. Like if I did, if I if I don't know where they race, and I have to sort of blind pick who, who wins of those two, it's gonna be Mayfield. Okay, I would have to say that too. Even though I like Fan, and I'm I'm a fan of Fan. If it came yeah. to a race that I didn't know where it was going to be tomorrow, and I know that these two guys are going to be there, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to pick Mayfield too. I'd like to actually, if we if we get excited more about this sometime, maybe we look at the best laps because I bet Fed probably had the best lap at all of those races. <laughs> he oh, just yeah. can't I bet you you know, keep it on its wheels for the whole man. But that's sort of the style they picked, like. Barry and Fend and uh, who else is uh, behind the sort of the production and setup and uh, development of the car? They sort of picked like yes, Fend is talented as fuck. You know, he can drive fast, faster than anything for at least one lap. You know, so they just picked picked a way to make the car just you know calm enough where right. he doesn't just crash all the time. Uh, but still keep most of the speed that he had. Like DNC 2021, yeah, 2021 DNC, like Fent was clearly the fastest. No question about it. Fastest guy, fastest guy on the track. But still, he ended up losing the Mayfield by just crashing and crashing and making silly mistakes. But you can't really blame only him. It's more down to the sort of philosophy they have with the car. The philosophy is make a car as fast as possible, and they just hope he can keep it on his wheels. Whereas Mayfield is sort of, he has a car, he likes to drive, and then he just drives and waits for other people to make mistakes, you know? That's sort of the way he goes. It's, it's not like Mayfield sort of has, in my opinion, right now the perfect package for him. I don't think he could could go... You know, could I don't think he could change anything and get better results, you know, straight out because I think all of it that he has, like engine, car, uh, like his servos, everything is just like he trusts it. And that's, in my opinion, what gives that edge and why I would pick him over Fan. It's, it's not just that I, I, I'm not even saying Mayfield's the better driver, I think he's program all around is just a tiny bit better and then Mayfield is less prone to mistakes than that. And that's that's what makes it. That's makes the that's what makes the difference between these two guys. Okay. Okay. Uh what about you guys out there? What do you think? Who would you pick out of these two guys if you had to go to a race tomorrow and you didn't know what it looked like? Let us know in the comments of this podcast. And also while you're watching it, if you're watching it on YouTube, give it a share, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Sorry. I had to throw that shameless plug in there. Uh, Max, anything else you want to talk about before we, before I go into our guests and then we come back on and do some silly season talk and finish up her. Um, 
I don't know. I'm a, I'm actually excited for the Florida Indoor Carpet Championship. Yes. What it, what it I, I, I um yeah. yeah. Yona, so, Yona is going as well. Yona, Mikhail. Yeah. I wish Becker I'm pretty was sure. Uh, I don't think Becker is going. But yeah, he's I traveled think, quite I a think, lot. I think Yona is going because I think he was uh, going to America. So I I bet he's going to. I show. didn't see him on the on the list of european guys coming but that brings up something that i talked to you today uh yesterday about like it just came uh dude i want to talk about well being as we're talking about best all like good drivers i wanted to somebody that piqued my interest and i kind of just realized this guy's probably one of the best all-around drivers and he's not even really started on his other discipline but the polish punishment michael orlowski like he can win on carpet i don't know how he is on dirt too much, but let's intense skill. He's very good in carpet, and he's, he's good in on road. He was good yeah. at the worlds in eight scale nitro. He's yeah. good at e buggy. Like he's pretty all around. Like and he's good. Like he's a lot better than a lot of yeah. people might give him credit for as an all round racer. Yeah, if you look at his sort of credit for this year, it's like EOS champion, uh, finishing a podium at the Euros intense scale. Mm-hmm. Um, for eight scale worlds, like straight to the semis in the top ten, I believe uh, didn't make them. Didn't make the main, but I mean, his first like big race in eight scale period, you know. <laughs> uh, top three at the e buggy Euros, um, um, touring car worlds uh, finishes in the. At least he made the A man. I can't remember where he ended up mm-hmm, finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, like what else? Oh yeah, ETS makes the main every time. Battles for like top five, beat uh, Reinhard and uh, Wilk and uh, Hagberg at the race in Sweden. Uh, you know, in the UK, he does really well. Usually wins pretty much all of the races against Tommy Hall and guys like this who are yeah. like the current top drivers on Astro, at least in Europe. And I bet in the world because of, you know, Americans don't really run on Astro that much. So, yeah, like, if you look at how much he actually races and how many classes he actually races, it's insane, you know, how many good results he gets. Like, yes, I'd still say Coelho is better at that, you know, Mm -hmm, European mm -hmm, champion, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Nitro, mm -hmm. uh, you know, world champion. Two-time world champion in full drive, off-road. Uh, world like two-time world champion in on-road and scale. Uh, I think he's European champion in uh, nitro touring cars. Uh, yeah, like yeah, his we know, list we know where he wasn't. Crazy. He wasn't at the worlds this past weekend, unfortunately, though, uh, because he doesn't yeah. run nitro anymore. Uh, Infinity guy won that. Who's that dude? So we had the uh, Tadahiko Sahashi. He won the 2013, was it? I don't know. 2013, I believe, was the uh, year of um, uh, one eighth on road. Okay, he so he's like, okay, okay. But he's, so he's uh, like he's Adrian Bartin. Uh, well, I mean, kind of, but I mean, he's he's still relatively young. He's finished second, I believe. Uh, at one tenth, um, uh, Nitro on Road Worlds. He's he's really really good and been good for a long time in 
in Nitro Honor classes. So right, but now I, he's joined. Yeah, he's been he's been with Infinity for a while, but it's a bit. I think COVID is still more of an issue for Asians, so that's mm -hmm. why we really don't see them travel that much. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, even if you look at the ten scale on road uh, electric uh, electric worlds, like there were what two two Japanese drivers uh, in the main, uh, Sabu, and then can't remember the other guy's name. At least two drivers in the main from Japan, and uh, Tarahiko Sahashi, yeah, winning the on road worlds. Uh, Naoto, yeah, hero. Where did, where did Naoto yeah. fin finish? Naoto, I, I think he had some issues. Can't remember if it was like, I don't know if he made the podium. I watched the main, but can't remember where he finished now. But I haven't watched the main yet. But he joins yeah. the group with Adrian Bertin, who's won eight scale worlds and a 10 scale worlds now. Yeah, yeah. So. I think. I think he's like it's it's funny because there's a lot of talent in Japan, but people don't really see it that much. They don't re uh, race enough in the Western world to get seen, you know. And it's it's a bit of a shame because I think I think you know people often underestimate the Japanese, you know, uh, mm -hmm. racing scene. Obviously, in like nitro, uh, off road, and like basically just all of off-road they they aren't that good as they are in on-road classes they are okay. really good i could rest. i understand what you mean i understand yeah. what you mean all right max i think that's it i don't really have anything else to talk about race wise um we're gonna go talk about some silly season news that popped off this afternoon while i was taking a nap on this monday uh anything else to add before we go on no, I think I think that's it. Let's talk about Robert Battier. Okay, well to... we gotta, you know, we gotta go to our. We're gonna talk about that. You're jumping ahead of this game here, Max. You're jumping ahead. No, no, I'm teasing the people. You know, they're gonna hear that Robert Battier is going to. He's going to. Yeah, I mean, they could just read your lips. They could just read your lips. But uh, our main interview is brought to you by Rob uh, by Robert Batty. See, look at me. You got me thinking of Robert, like, gonna about to say, brought to you by Robert Batty. But to you, uh, our main interview this week is brought to you by Techno RC in this interview with the uh, gentleman who's running for Royal President, Mr. Clayton Young. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer. Specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Joining me today in the virtual studio, we tried to do this yesterday. But uh, he had technical issues. I did. It was all my fault. You know, usually I have the janky internet, but this gentleman to my virtual left had bad, in bad, bad internet. Yes. You're so clear, and you're so it's so good to talk to you without being all choppy and all that stuff. <laughs> but um, welcome. I, I know a lot of people like wondering who this this gentleman is, but he's uh, Mr. Clayton Young. He is uh, the Roar. Which region are you the representative of? I'm the assistant rep for Roar Region 2. Okay, and you are vying to be the Roar president, which the 
The votes are open now from the, I believe they open on the 1st of November and they close on the 31st of November. 30th. Yes. 30th. Okay. So if you're a raw member, get another vote. And, uh, uh, we, he, he says we met in 2021 at the nationals. I can't remember. It was 2020 uh, at LCRC. I never went 2020 at LCRC, right? Yeah. Oh, is that 21? Yeah. yeah oh, 21. yeah. 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 Um, I don't recall that, but it was very dramatic. So it was yeah, like, so we had the rain out. Uh, yeah. Yes. There was lots of stuff going on. Um, the fuel tank issue. But uh, yeah, that never uh, really got addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So we can talk about that. You could talk about everything. Okay. I was great. I was competition director right up till that race. Okay. And I got so frustrated with things not changing that I resigned. That okay. and my life got busy. So. Okay. So all right. So all right. Before we get into that, uh, let's tell people a little bit about who you are, because um, I think we're going to have a great conversation here. Uh, you've been into RC for about six years now. How did you discover? Okay. Can I go? You said you're a retired marine. Yep. Um. Thank you for your service. Uh. I, uh, you're now working in the private sector. You found RC about six years ago. You've been racing a lot this year. You've been to a lot of races. Uh, my friend Hefty talks very highly of you. He's talked very highly of you on this podcast. He's uh, he's been He's been on me to get you on her. Zach Donovan's been on me to get you on her. Uh, Kyle Chasen. A lot of people have been on me to get you on her. So this is my first time chatting to you. Welcome to the NNRC. And I think we're going to have a great chat getting to know each other here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Clayton. How did you get involved in RC? And uh, what led you to getting to RAW, becoming a RAW member? Or becoming an, involved in RAW? Right. So when I was a child in Northern California, um, some friend or some people on the street had pan cars. And they were running them up and down the street. And so that kind of got me interested as a young kid, probably like 10, 12, 13. I was racing motocross until I dumped over too many times. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. And I've always had a, like, I've always wanted to do the sport. But being in the Marine Corps, I could afford something here or there, run for a few weeks, and then no more time to run or money to run kind of deal. So like I've, I've been interested in it my whole life, but I raced seriously. I think like six to eight years ago, I kind of got serious about it and spent time and talked to Paul, people like Paul Lemieux because I was running an x-ray at the time. And he's like, if you want to get better, you have to travel. No matter how good you are at your local track until you travel, you're not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. So I started traveling um, around to races, and because I came from the 180 uh, area, you, you're racing against all the national champs every week. Um, like FJ will tell you, or Hefty will tell you, you go there to get, get, get your beatdowns. But right, we're talking about on road her up in Maryland, right? Yes, yep. Right, on-road he was talking about that. Yep, yep. Um, and it does; it makes you better. It's a bull ring of a track. It feels like it's like 10 feet by 10 feet, but I mean, it's probably like 80 by 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest names on on-road, um, not all of them, but a lot of them are there. So you, you learn and, and most people are helpful. They'll push you, they'll help you, and you just get better. Okay. So on-road was your first introduction into real racing then? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you have done some off-road stuff as well. You do, you're doing some this year. You're going to Florida Carpet Champs next weekend. Well, when yep. this airs, it'll be, it'll probably be there. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, tell us about that. When did you get into the off-road side of things? Um, when I moved to Coastal, um, okay. uh, all they had is off-road. Well, not all they have. The majority of Coastal here in the Virginia Beach area is off-road. And we have Brandon Schimmel. So mm-hmm. we've got a good off-road guy that kind of lays the smack down. He's traveling he's so much. Yeah, he's traveling so much that we don't see him a lot. Um, but when we do see him, we get a dose of reality when we thought we were fast. We're half a second off a lap. Like, oh, like, man, <laughs> I got to see him at Maud, right? And I'm, I know Baron, Brandon and his dad, right? And when they were doing eight scale real heavy. Mm-hmm. He was so fast. Like he was so good there. And he said he's moving up to mod. So I, I really wish him all the best. He put in a lot of work over the last two years. A lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he runs on road, mm-hmm. I'll work on his stuff. He'll be faster than me driving. He just doesn't work on his stuff enough that mm-hmm. I can end up winning because his stuff will start falling apart and mine won't. But he's yeah, he can wheel. amazing. <laughs> So you're down in Coastal. It's a great facility, by the way. It uh, looks like the Shimmels have done a really good job there. If it, They held the – was it this year they held the Nationals? No. Um, Last year. Two years ago. Was it two years now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Car- uh, onward Carpet Nationals, right, if I yeah. recall? Okay. Um, yeah, last year was um, in Texas. So at the very least, it would have been the year before. I, I can't believe, remember. Yeah, it had to be 2020 then. Yeah, oh. I think it was the co. I think it was COVID year. Just think things were getting crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you, I've, I've heard. Um, so yeah, they're in the Virginia area, Virginia, Maryland area. There is uh, you got adrenaline up in that. Well, adrenaline's a little bit down, a little bit or more. It's more north. north and towards uh, the west. Right. So you come from a. It's not. I mean, it's a little further than you got the southeast down below. You got the northeast right up there, where there's a lot of good guys. You got the southeast down below. So you're kind yeah. of in the middle of a very good area of fast, of decent RC. I mean, it's it's not too far to the north, like LCRC in those places. I would assume. Yeah, it's, that's uh, about six hour drive. Okay, that was a nine hour drive for me from Charlotte, and um, yeah, because you're way out on the on the coast, so. Yeah. Uh, but you're in an area and a hotbed of RC. I would say the East Coast is is very strong in RC. Uh, Florida right now is probably banging really hard in South Carolina with eight scale because that's what I focus on in the Carolinas. But uh, do you, do you do any nitro racing or all electric stuff? I tried the uh, uh, <laughs> the nationals at LCRC and um, I brought my Losi to the guy who designed the Losi. And I told him it wouldn't steer. And he's like, I've never, ever heard anybody tell me there's not enough steering in one of In Alosi. Um, and then he started looking at it and he's like, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I had glued stuff that wasn't supposed to be glued. Oh, man. Uh, oh, like, man. There it's was a just, challenge. It's a learning was, curve. Yeah. You don't want to come to a nationals never having built one of those things before by yourself. And then show up and think, oh, yeah, I can drive. Well, if the buggy doesn't work, you can't drive no matter how good you are. <laughs> no, no, that's what you hey. uh, As JQ says, let's unfuck your car first. Um, <laughs> that's what he always says to people. Is like, first, I will unfuck your car. And it, he always has to do a lot of that to people, like simple things. 
So it's definitely a learned process. All right. So six years, um, you've been six to eight years, uh, started on-road, did, dabbled in off-road. Uh, when did you get involved in Roar and what was what made you decide to do that? So um, Roar had an opening for competition director. And because everybody hates Roar, um, I would like to, I would have liked to start a new sanctioning body, but mm-hmm. that wasn't real. So the only way, and as a Marine, if you do something, you go all in. Um, the only way to fix it is to go be part of it. Instead of complaining about it, go do something about it. Okay. So I became competition director. And when I joined, I told him, I said, look, there's like three things we have to fix or I'm out two years and I'm gone. I said, the first thing is we got to get membership right. If people can't register and become a member, mm-hmm. then like, what are we doing? Okay. Um, the website needed to get fixed and the rules haven't been updated in a million years. Mm. Even if it's not, even if it's not changing them, at least stop making links to everything in their brother. So nobody can find anything. And then when we change stuff at a Nats, you don't put it in the rule book. You just talk about it. And then you go to the next Nats and you can't remember what happened at the last Nats. And it's just so confusing. So um the president had me rewrite the national guidelines for racing because that's what the competition director's job is so mm-hmm. i rewrote those the first couple months got those approved and posted and i'm thinking all right we're making change so i'm like all right now the rule book and it was like oh well uh i'm like remember what i said so he's like okay go ahead re- get it reorganized i got it reorganized added all the rules that were links got the whole committee to vote for it. Everybody was like on board. Yep. We checked all our sections. We're good. Let's go ahead and post it. And then uh, Chuck didn't like the the way I reorganized to the classes up front and all the BS towards the back. So I'm like, okay, well, tell me how you want it. Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And for the next year and a half, it never got released, never got posted, nothing. The membership, I'm like, okay, what can we do for membership while this is going on? Um, I got LiveRC to come up with an agreement to where we could manage the membership through their website. Mm -hmm. No additional cost to war whatsoever because they have different um, agreements with PayPal and stuff. So they would have still got a little bit of money, but for the most part, we wouldn't have had to deal with it at all been digital. And uh, Luke Pittman, I was talking to him about, he's an on-road guy. I don't know if you know who he is, but no. um, he he has a company that does IT stuff. And they were going to give us a quote to do it. And we never pulled the trigger on that. So, so this was, when did you join, actually? What year did you join? 2020. Okay, so this is not too long ago. No, uh, actually, it was 2019, sorry. Okay. 2019, yeah. So you get in, you're a raw member, you get in, you get it, uh, you, you take up this position. Uh, and so Kleinhagen is the president of raw, right? Yep. At this point. Um, I don't know all the people that are involved in raw, to be honest. I know only a few. But There's only actually Je- a few involved. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know who Jeff Parker is. Um, oh, that's a, don't get me started. <laughs> I will definitely get you started on him. Um, a very good interim if more president, um, uh, when you fall into positions, it's not hard. No. Uh, well, well, I've pretty much not talked very good about him on this podcast. Um, uh, that's pretty much the whole, uh, when we go to races, that's everybody's opinion. <laughs> it's okay. like, I'm glad everybody, everybody's opinion. I, I'm glad I don't feel like I'm picking on him. All right. So you get into this position, you're meeting. So, all right. And I also volunteer for RMT. 
So uh-huh. I'd go to every national and do some part of RMT during that two year time. So I can get a feel for what's going on mm-hmm. and what needs to be fixed. And like you said, um, uh, Jeff Parker is great at talking on the phone, but not so good at paying attention to what's going on in the races. And the race director should be paying attention to what's going on on the track. Everything else can wait till the stuff on the track's done. Yeah, I was definitely on his phone quite a lot. Every Both Royal Nationals I've been to, to he was on his phone. Uh, everybody that I talk to says the exact same thing, that he's always on his phone. So, all right. So pretty much what we've been saying for the last few years about the federations and period is true. It's just this old gardener that doesn't want to let go. They got their ball. Um, it's, it's, it's in Afra. It's, it's in probably, I don't know about the other reg, like Farmar and I, um, FEMA, it's a FEMA, um, Femka. Yep. But raw and raw Ifmar and Afra seem to be suffering from the exact same issues that we talk about you seem like you're a very go-getting type of guy let's fix this like i agree um everybody's like we need to start another uh, sanctioned body i'm like you don't get it you're never gonna get recognized no matter how good you are they're gonna play their games and they're never gonna accept you look at norca so that's not the answer also you have a great base with raw like you know what i mean they have money i believe they have money they have they should have something in the coffers. They have people that do have experience that maybe want to do things differently. And they're recognized by the whole governing body of RC. Right. So you, you got to just kind of get in there and um, fix this. And it's not going to take one person. It's going to take a, it's going to take one person. Yes. Like you to get in power and try to do things, but it's going to take people that's going to back you in the committee to pass things and get things done. What are, um, how does it so I want to know so people that are listening here, uh, how does something get passed in raw? Like how does how take me take me briefly through the process of of getting something approved or like you know, you trying to get those the how long did it take you to write those rule books and those rules and get all that done? And for them, and even if they did agree to do it, how long would it take to process that? So it took about five months of wrangling people to chime in like in your section, like you have an electric chairman, you have a fuel chairman, you have a technical director. So those people need like technical director. It needs to review rules. Electric chairman should be looking over all the electric sections, get rid of stupid stuff like radio impound and stuff that we don't do anymore. Like the rule books, thousand pages long, really it's like a hundred, but like get rid of the old stuff. We don't need clips for antennas anymore. Like get rid of all the stuff we're not doing. We're right. not doing it. Take it out of the rule book. If we're going to do it, put it in the rule book. But if we're doing it and it's in the rule book, enforce it. Otherwise, don't put it in the rule book. Right. So so to get up something passed in, in, in raw, how many people have to vote on it in the board? Majority how does that work? rules. Majority rules. So right now, there's mm-hmm. five people on that are voting members. You have the vice president, which is uh, Garland. You have Chuck, who's president. You have uh, Rob King. He's a technical director so he's in charge of rules you have brent clingforth he is the secretary and you have jeff parker okay you also have joaquin and ea for fuel and electric chairmans um, but they don't get to vote they just get to listen and chime in so you have to get three out of those five votes then yeah well there's two open positions there's a promotions director and a sanctioning director who the promotion director has been pretty much vacant for since I left. 
Oh, so they need some people there. Yes. Yep. Okay. There's already open positions. That right. Can be that would be great for you, Brent. People, fuel people, like people that people that seriously want to do something and realize that you're not getting paid. This is voluntary, so mm-hmm. you got to have the time to do it. Um, that's the. There's going to be openings. Okay. And promotions is huge to me. Like that. That's like the one position you shouldn't be empty on is promotions. Like, right. how are you yeah. getting people to know what's going on if you're not promoting anything? And that would explain about, why Raw is non-existent. Yes. That would and it shouldn't that. be just about Roar promoting. It's about promoting the sport. Whether yes. it's Roar or not, it doesn't matter. Put it We're not doing there. that as an industry great enough, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, as a as an industry, we're not doing a I'm not doing a damn good job at all, in my opinion. Um, all right. So five of those guys have to vote. Uh, three of those guys have to vote to get that right now. There's positions opening. So say, say I'm 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 a regular guy. I'm paying my raw membership. I want to be more. I want to be involved more. How do I do that? So right now, mm-hmm. um, there's there's elections for regional directors. Um, but as a person, you probably once things are squared away, you would get with your regional director and see how, what you can do to help. Mm-hmm. He would probably make you an assistant regional director or tell you, hey. I'm tired of being regional director. If you've got the time and energy, let's let's move you up and make you regional director. Like that, the sport has tons of people who want to help, but like you said, they don't know how to help, mm-hmm. and there's nobody organizing the help. So right, no, and there's no one to no one to pass the torch and teach people how to do things. I think. Right, exactly. Like uh, it, it's crazy to me, maybe because you know, up at 180 or in that, in the Northeast area, you were pretty much um, beaten into submission on how to marshal and how to drive. If you're mm-hmm. rough driving, people are going to be all up in your face because you wrecked them. But it seems like when I go to these big races, people are doing it more and more because Roar doesn't call anything. Yeah, because so, they don't have no, they don't have no referees. Um, right. I, I actually went on this. I said this on the podcast after the, if, if after the world's, that guy Stitson, who's over there, who did the refereeing for the Wilds, mm-hmm. that guy should be like training people how to do it. In my opinion, maybe you're not going to be just like him. He's really strict, but he knows all the rules. He knows he is for me one of the best referees ever. And if these if these federations really work, they'd be having him. They have people coming there and getting trained and certified and stuff like that. You know, just is like any Javier? other sport. Is that Javier? Hmm? Was his first name Javier? No, his name Mark Stitson. He was the referee. Okay. Javier is the president. Um, that that just re- that just resigned. But I'm going to talk about that. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about that in a bit because he said a lot. He's saying a lot of the things that you said are saying yeah, right now. He um him, him and I did the worlds at Steel City. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the chief referee, but I was learning from him while he was doing it. And like you said, I learned a ton of stuff from him, and he was very professional the entire time. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, he 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 kind of he 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 just resigned from Afro this past weekend too as the president. Hmm. Um, all right, so I lost my train of thought. We're we're going all over the place because I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. <laughs> so people can join. Um, they can do it. How does the voting work for you? So as a as a as as a raw member, does my vote count for you? And how do I do? Oh yeah, because you just go on and you vote, right? I yeah, saw that you, earlier. You use your login. It'll only let you vote once with your login. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people um, message me because they never got their war number. 
mm -hmm. uh, when they did their membership. So they don't know what it is. For those people, I would say still vote. Um, they are the administrator, Bob Ingersoll, is supposed to be checking your information that you're putting in there, even without your warrant number. They'll check your email address and your address and your name mm -hmm. to confirm that it's legal. Um, but yeah, if you are a Roar member and can log in, go vote. I don't care who you vote for, but vote. So that way we get change. Yeah, because your competition is Larry David and uh, <laughs> Hefty had some pretty good stats there. You've been to quite a few races over the last two years i think or something like compared to him yeah he showed me this website date. that was really cool i'm like i've done all that i yeah. have like a 50 percent win rate that's kick-ass rc garage yeah, yeah 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 um tell us so if you if you get voted or when you get voted because i think i think you're gonna do pretty well what would be some of the first things that you have to do to raw to start changing things from that position the first thing we've got to be able to do, I feel like the most important thing is to run races correctly. Okay. So the RMT would need to change so that people aren't showing up, not knowing what the schedule is, not knowing what to expect, not feeling like nobody's paying attention. <laughs> like go eat dinner with these guys, go have fun. Like, Spend time with the racers. Don't show up in the red, black, and white shirts and we're war. It's like we're Disney. Screw you. Like, no, yeah, yeah. That, that, no, we're roar. We need you. Like, we need the racers to come to the roar events, to go to all the other events that are out there. We need to promote the sport as a sport, not as, hey, we're war. We're the sanctioning body. We're, you know, we're untouchable. We don't want you to know what we're doing. Like we need to be part of everybody's life. Right. Um, and also I like that the fact that you call this a sport and not just a hobby, because uh, that's a, that's a big argument that I have. Cause I consider it a sport. Yeah. Um, I, 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 FJ or Hefty and I get into this all the time. It's like, we were, we're with toy cars. I'm like, they're race cars. Scale <laughs> motorsports, dude, scale yeah. motorsports. That's so what that we works call it too. Like it's the most action, uh, Matt, most the most action-packed six minutes in motorsports. <laughs> so I do agree with that because from my experience in 2021, I said, I've said this many times, if it wasn't for Kevin Mama and his track crew doing an excellent job at LCRC and just pushing that program along like they did, Raw would have been in so much trouble. I actually feel that him and his crew should be, or he should definitely be somebody in Raw as well because I he used to, because that guy knows his stuff. He should be part of an RMT, I think, that goes to these races. I think because he was at one point. He was. Him and um, uh, um, he, used to, he drives, his son drives X-Ray. Mechanic, I think. Oh, Mecha yeah. Ethan Mechanic's dad. So they know their stuff because they were involved with Raw. I think they need to, that's, they need to get, I think they kind of ran into the same thing that you ran into. Like just. This this Earl Guard. Let's talk about this Earl Guard. How do we fix that? Because there's only one answer to that, in my opinion, and that's they gotta go. Yeah. So, um, and I've told the ones that I've met with when I take over, the first meeting is look, if you don't have time to do this, resign. Because if I give you a task and it's not completed by the next meeting, I'm gonna call for your removal. And it doesn't take a wow. unanimous vote, it only takes a majority. And I have a majority already as soon as I get it. So 
this isn't going to be as hard as it's been in the past mm-hmm. because without a president holding stuff up, uh, things go. Well, it's just like it's you have to do it, man. These guys have to be held accountable for what they're doing, or or put somebody in there that wants to do it. Yep, exactly. And I, another like I resigned partly because I was frustrated, no doubt, but a mm-hmm. lot of it was because I don't have any more time to to give to do this. If we're not going to get things done, then it's not worth my time. I agree with you. Um, I I get accused of being re- really hard on these federations sometimes. JQ and I, but I, I just think like that's what needs to happen though. I you think guys so. are the press. You guys need to hold the sanctioning bodies accountable. And if we like the, there's no sanctioning body that's going to hear everything that happens in a race. Mm-hmm. So stuff can happen that, you know, wasn't even brought to their attention, but if they pay attention to media, there should be no doubt what happened because you're going to hear <laughs> it. And then hear six ways to Sunday. Right. And, and just explaining it of, well, we didn't really know. Uh, we'll, we'll look at it and then never do anything. No follow up. I've defended Raw. I've defended Raw to the utmost because I feel we need it. You know, I feel we need yeah. these federations. We need them. Um, and I think of these federations. I think of days like reading through BMX magazines and wanting to join the AMA or you know wanting to become a member of Raw as a Bermuda. Because I used to live in. I'm from Bermuda originally. We couldn't be a member of Raw. We had to be a mm-hmm. member of. Afro, or we had to be a farmer. We could, you know, we dreamt to be things like that because we wanted to go to a Royal Nationals or something like that. And I think that prestige has gone because a lot of people say, well, "What do I need Raw for? I just pay my like the Nationals come up and I pay my thirty bucks and I, my entry fee and I'm in. It's a race on the on the clock." You want to know and, something uh, cool? What's that? So, so here's a reason to to join Roar, um once things change. We had the manufacturers in one eighth off road had begged for us to do a series championship instead of a single championship. Really? So I got commitments from like the big race people like Scotty and Joey, and they were they were all on board with hosting a qualifying race. And I know where you're going. Yeah, and so we would have qualifying races for the championship, and the last race would rotate between the four tracks that were championship tracks. So it would always Mm -hmm. end up at a different track, you know, and once, you know, we've cycled through all the tracks, we could have another track, but so we, we got agreements to do this, to have all the manufacturers were on board. Uh, We got tracks involved that said, yep, we'll, we'll host it. You just tell us when LCRC was one of them. Uh, There was a track down in Florida that was one of them. But anyway, so so we got all these agreements, and we were supposed to announce, announce it at the LCRC, what was going to happen, and the whole thing got pulled again by president. Just stop. Oh. oh, so the manufacturers agreed. Oh, yeah. No, I had meetings with the manufacturers Good. every month for like four months to okay. get to hash out these things. And there was a lot of tribulation. Like at, at first, I was like, there is no pre-qualified because they wanted to have their drivers qualified, right? Well, I, to me, I'm a racer. I, I'd rather race my way in than be pre-qualified. But, you know, um, Gore Tespin brought up a good point. He, they, we spend a lot of money going to all these races already. So to now to have to throw in even more races, you know, it would it, if we're pre-qualified, we don't have to try and make one or two more races to get qualified. We would just be based off of last year's. So it was like you take the top 20 from the last year's Nats, 
and the top 20 from these four qualifying events that aren't already mm -hmm. qualified. So you could finish 35th because, you know, Dakota and all of them were already qualified from last year. And you are now qualified for that championship. But that kind of defeats the purpose of having a series. The point of this series is to have these. This, okay, so so RCGP, unfortunately, didn't get all the manufacturers to agree, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the point of this series is to have the same people to go to the series and race in them. And that then, right. that then creates storylines, excitement, yep. all this type of stuff. And I don't think that RC, the RC industry thoroughly or fully understands that point at all. The manufacturers so, and they they might want, but they have to they have to make a decision do. not to go to some of these other big races and commit to the national series. Well, so the idea was to use the big races as a national series. Even better. Yeah. So then you're not changing anything, but mm -hmm. the people in Roar wouldn't agree to do that. So the compromise was to do qualification events and still have a nationals. But the original thought was to do like you just said was to have like AMS and all those big races that are nitro races, those were going to be the series because they're I already mean, going to them. And those, those uh, hosts said, sure, we'll run a, a roar, you know, have to be roar member. This is the championship series. Like they would have a class just for them. They were right. all on board. Oh, really? See, that was, I so, didn't get to talk to every one of them, but everyone that I did talk to was right. cool with it. See, man, it's the only, the only way to do to fix this is just, I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna like dress that up. They gotta go. You gotta. You gotta get people in there that are thinking like you. I know there are some good people in there that want to process things and progress things too. Um, I think. Uh, the, yeah, they gotta. They gotta go, man. I'm sorry. I have not. I, and I think. Um, something as good as that gets pulled last minute. So so. No, we as much as I would want people to do that for RCGP, we we was talking about this the other day, but we just want the industry to get behind something, like for everybody to get behind something, and that would have been something to get behind. Don't go to every single race, like they have a national series in England. It's like five races long. Like you bet your boots that Elliot Boots goes to as many as he can because mm -hmm. he has to keep his his worlds. Like that's a big thing. It makes it prestigious when you talk to when you talk to a young guy in in England. When I was over there this year, he doesn't say, I want to be a pro driver. I want to make, he says, my goal is to make an A final at one of the nationals. He's not saying, you know, that's a realistic goal to have. Like, that's a, you know, that that realistic. Like, they're not saying, I want to be a pro driver. I just want to make an A final at a national because the nationals are, are very prestigious, you know? So it's it's very shocking. Not even shocking. I'm just amazed. Heritage, I guess they thought. Raw, I think... Raw needs to figure out a way to start working with these races. Um, Absolutely. I, we, we constantly complain about referees and all this type of stuff. And then somebody says, what does Raw do for me? Well, I came up with an idea once on the podcast. It's like, hey, maybe Raw can, uh, can coordinate with like Race Time or Joey to say, hey, look, we're going um, to send a team out there to do tech. And to do, or maybe not tech, or just to do, we're going to send three guys out to do, to, to do refereeing, right? We just want, and just figure out some way that you guys, we want you to help push membership. You know what I mean? And we'll have a special membership. You sign up at DNC, we'll give you the membership for $20. What is your $20 given? Well, it's helping these guys come here. So you always want to referees. Here you go. You have three guys here to do a rotational referee job because it's a long race. 
things like that. It's it's gotta you gotta think out of the box because Afro was having the same issue. They were calling these races black races, and they consider like like RCGP and any race that wasn't an Afro affiliated race a black race. If one thing that RCGP did was great was they got um they got Afro to cooperate or coordinate with RCGP. Mm-hmm. And it was just simple. Like we wouldn't put any dates of our euros on a date of a RCGP race, but that's coordination and that's advancement. So raw isn't even at that in the eyes of the people, in my opinion, they're not even at a level because Afro is a very good fed- In my opinion, they are very good. They're a good federation, but they need updating too. Like yesterday, so Raw isn't Raw's already like this on on the average. Like you got you got races like DNC in the eight scale. You got DNC, PNB, right. and all these races that mean more to people. The national still is very something prestigious, but that's more for people who are really hardcore racers who they want to go to. And maybe in that area, like if it goes up the northeast, you know it's yep. going to be full of the northeast guys. If it goes down to Florida, it's going to be full of everybody from the southeast, and then the hardcore guys that will travel to that. So. It's like you got races out there that are almost on equal level prestige as a, as a raw nationals now. You know, DNC probably above a raw nationals, I would say, to an yeah, extent. The sad thing is that Roar doesn't feel that way. Roar but feels they, like, they're, oh, we're the they're delusional. And, and like everybody only worries about a national, but it's not true anymore. Like back in the 70s, maybe that was true, but we're out of that era. We're freaking 2020 now. Let's wake up. Yeah, I mean, and it isn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Nationals is still very prestigious, but DNC is probably considered the second prestigious race in the world, in the eight-scale world. The only race beating that is a, is a, a Worlds. Because right, it's right. one of the only races where we get to see uh, competition from Europe come over. So Raw needs to get off that. They're not on that high pedestal anymore. And that's that's just being oblivious to your surroundings and not exactly. being... You know, it's just old guard. Like we're stuck in our ways, and we're gonna. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm doing more talking than you. <laughs> no, I'm letting you go. It's your show. I, I gotta hold on. <laughs> your I, lights I are turning turn off. <laughs> I know. I gotta go turn on my light. All right. So let's talk about something that I like to talk about. I have I heard this a lot. So if you look at numbers, eight scales king. It gets yep. the most entries. Maybe not this year uh, because it was kind of moved. But you look at LCRC, packed, full, sold out Yep. recently. These races, 10 scale, offered not maybe as much as it used to, but it still gets a good turnout. Yeah, decent. I think maybe 10 scale or 8 scale or Lytro maybe in Onward. Not sure. Um, I think Carpet has more entries than uh, Pavement. Okay. Either either nitro or electric. I think on on road. I think carpets king right now. Right. Well, the general consensus is that the offer guys are making the money. Yeah. With the least amount of representation. I would agree. In raw, how do we fix that? We just we, need to get these offer guys involved. Yeah. Well, I I've talked to a few of them now that I'm starting to race off road more. Um, like Jason Rona and that J Concept series. That I think that's awesome. Like what they're doing is they're promoting all these different tracks that they run their series through all over the country and mm-hmm. they're promoting it. Roar's not doing squat, but like that should be basic 101, how to run a series or how to promote a sport, like mm-hmm. um, getting people hopefully that have enough time to be involved from the off-road side uh, is very important to me. Like what they're doing 
is working because that sport is growing. Mm-hmm. It's not shrinking like the on-road side is. Right. The on-road is definitely shrinking. How do we fix that side of things? Because now that I've had Hefty on her, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, look, well, right now, as we're, we're talking about this, we've got the 10 scale Nitro Worlds going on. I think there's one American guy there. It's in Thailand right now. I think Bryce yeah. Butterfield's the only American guy there. Um, I think we have to fix the the war. Like, we've got to promote the sport. The mm-hmm. war has got to promote everything. Mm-hmm. And then once everything is run well and things are going well, I think that it just, it'll start picking back up. Like, okay. Because it's, it can... it's actually entertaining to watch an on-road race where stuff is close. Like, if you watch one of our stock carpet races and everybody's in a train and like you're down to the last couple minutes everybody's still in the like in Mm -hmm. in contention um that's entertaining a lot and a lot of the the lower level off-road stuff you'll have a couple guys run away and Mm -hmm. hopefully something happens because it's off-road kind of deal i I think the close racing and on-road is a seller but because People have more fun jumping, I think. Like, I I was always told that it was, oh, I don't want to do on-road because the motor of the week and battery of the week and all this stuff. Like, I've run the same motor at Nationals for two years now. Like, it's still got all the raw stickers on it from every time it's been seen. Well, yeah, people go extreme. People yeah. go extreme in that there. Um, okay, so how, well, let's carry on. How do we – because I, I don't think there's a wrong way to – or one, I shouldn't say. There's no one way that we should be promoting RC. I think um, I get this question quite a lot. Uh, why isn't RC on, on Netflix or why isn't it on television? Well, it's pretty simple. Well, what we do is not entertaining. It's not. It's it's entertaining to us. I am deeply entertained with it. But the way we race isn't appealing to spectators. We, we race. We don't. I, I'm talking from, the, from my side yeah. of things when you see we don't cater to spectators. We don't worry about spectators because the spectators in RC are RC drivers. Right. Um, how do we take this to people? Because, like, you know, I like, I believe what RCGP was doing. They made a whole series about, they made a whole docu-series, like Driven, about their series that they put on, you yeah. know, in 2019. Um, we I have think that's these part of promotions, though. Right. I think, I think that's what I mean. That's, how do we crew. promote this? I think a crew, even, even with our crappy format, mm-hmm. I think if you um, put a, put something together, you can Mm -hmm. still take the entertaining parts of it. And so you use your qualifiers or your seating and you make that the pre-show before your main events. And then you do your main events. I think you can still um, put it together, produce it in a way that's entertaining, but in the long run, we need to, like you said, get more entertaining. And I, even my honor guys, we would like to do more racing than qualifying. And right mm-hmm. now, it's like you qualify for three days, and then you no, it's have true. a couple races, and you're done. <laughs> you're like, yeah. so I'm qualifying forever and ever and ever. And we need then, to do more racing. Yeah. You know, they've, they've been over in Thailand for 10 days now. Oh, my Ra- goodness. Yeah. So, um, but, I mean, besides that, I think we should probably look at um, – so I see things like we need to we need to promote the racing side of RC. The we I've one one of my friends said the bashing the, this is what my buddy says. He says the hobby side of RC is doing great. The sport side which is the racing side of RC needs to get to the public and needs to get to the world. I think the federations are 
should be uh, along with the manufacturers and, and the media and everybody and the, and the professional drivers of this, of this and tracks. But I think the federations should be the, the pit tip of the spear going into this because these are the federations. Uh, how do we, I mean, besides just doing our, some of our big races, should we be doing more uh, racing in public areas, maybe doing a race alongside some full scale events or even you see over in England, they, they do, uh, they did the, they have the Milton Keys GP, which is a carpet off-road race that they do inside a, a, a mall. Yeah. So it has spectators coming through because as I travel around the world, because I traveled a lot this year, I think this is coming up on my, I got two trips left this year and these will make it 10 trips this year that I've traveled, three of them right. to Europe. So as I travel and people, you know, see and I sit off and I'm talking to be like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. And then I have to bring out my phone and show them because people just don't know that we actually race these vehicles. They don't, it's when I say, yeah, we actually have professional people, professional drivers that pay to do this for a living. That's their job to race these. And I, for one, make a living, well, make somewhat of a living off of talking about this right. in a way, you know what I mean? But we, we have these professional drivers. We don't, we don't use them in a professional manner. So we have, tell them, you go to a race, you don't know who a pro driver is unless you're into RC because everybody right. looks like a pro. We so we we got everything the, the makings to have something. I don't. It doesn't have to be Formula One. It doesn't have to be any of this. Which has to be ours. But we have to. I think we have to think big. And I think the industry as a whole isn't thinking big enough. We're happy. Every everybody has to do a part and get somebody into RC. But as an industry together, we need to come together and come up with some solutions to promote this industry in an easy format to people to understand and see what we do and show what we're doing. How can, how can we do that besides that? I mean, we, you got it. Video, online streaming, all this stuff. That should be a no brainer for all of this stuff. Uh, I'm glad that now like most of the Royal nationals are, are live streamed, but it has to be entertaining as well. Not just set up for racers. How do we fix that? Maybe um, some more, maybe we need to bring in a public relations team to help out and figure out how we promote this to people i don't know but i think we should be looking at all options to do this and look at i I don't there's no there's no one way to do it we have to all do it somehow i think i feel like we got to try things and figure out what's going to work instead of saying oh well that's a dumb idea that's a dumb idea but i mean uh the best things in the world came from dumb ideas so somebody thinking oh that'll never work and then somebody tried it and they were like wow, why did we not do this sooner? Like we've talked about it for 10 years and we never even tried it. Yeah. We got to have some balls and just go yep. out there and do it. Yep. But we, we just can't do that with, with uh, the, the ball and chain that's around our ankles because right. um, so it's just a very difficult thing. And I think if we get some new blood and we get some forward momentum in these federations, well, start, I always say this, if we fix raw, we then f- can start fixing if, if Mark can be fixed. Because yeah, Roy, I think I think the good a lot of good people get fed up and they leave, mm-hmm. right? And so the good people aren't the ones staying. You're stuck with the people who are using it because I'm part of the Roar Executive Committee. I'm very important. No, nobody even knows who that is. Like nobody knows who you are. Like that's even worse than being a good driver. A good driver, some people know who you are. If you're on the Roar Executive Committee, nobody knows who you are. Like. You could go to the race and they'd be like, you're who? So what is the executive committee? 
What is that doing? Yeah, like, there definitely has to be some more transparency, I think. And people need to understand what's going on. Um, they need to, like, I, I think you guys need to look at what Afro's been doing. They actually got together with um, Control, which is who did all the, they do all the, they they work with, like, so it's Matt McCullen, McCallan and James Pryor. They do the live stream for a lot of the Euro events, along with Nick Damon. But they're like a media team, and they've they've been developing uh, Afro's new media uh, thing that they've been doing for a couple of years that Javier started. So I think that's where Raw needs to look at investing some money into that too in promotions. Like get some, get a media and te- team in there to help you with that, like social media and all that stuff. And because you can't do it all your own, all right, on your yeah. own. Is with those guys' names you were just saying, um, Matt Colin, McCollin, Matt, and- Matt McCallan, and uh, J- they're from Control CTRL. So they have been involved with RC Racing TV. So uh, who, the RC who, TV. You, yeah, the guys who did the um, worlds, the world championships okay. in Spain. So uh, Matt does all the editing, all that stuff. Um, they also works with Afro. And um, I think you need to talk. I think when you do get into when when the president is all set and settled, and you if you get that position, you should definitely coordinate with those guys. I think they have a lot of to offer and learn from, especially just you know because they've been doing this whole. Uh, it's, it's a whole program. If you go to Afro's Facebook and okay. check it out, you'll see what they've been doing. There's a lot of video. They just dropped a video now uh, today saying RC is cool. You know, after the <laughs> and you know, you go on Afro. They have the minutes from the meeting posted from that they had the AGM that they had last weekend that I was reading through this morning. So there's a lot of, even though a lot of the Europeans complain about Afro, it's really an, an a lot better state. Where that raw is at this point. At this point, so there's lots of things you can do. I think you need to get professionals in there to handle that promotion. Just help with that promotional side of things. And because my thing is, um, we need. I think RC racing's cool. Um, I think we need to get more young people into it because I think it's a great uh, father son mentor, father daughter, mother daughter mentor, young person uh, type of hobby slash sport. I like to say hobby slash sport at that point that these these young kids can get into but we have to keep them here and we have to keep, we have so much competition. Like, you know what I mean? You when I was younger, it was like, I wanted an RC car cause it was cool and it was fun. I didn't have Nintendo's and all that stuff when I was young. So right, we you have, have that competition on your phone. When you were yeah. I mean, we have some look at esports. Like we, if we could get 1% of the people that play esports into RC racing, like our, our hobby would boom, you know, oh, our yeah. sport would boom. So, and and people have to be realistic about the size of what we of our sport. Like you know, I, as we're in racing, we feel that it's so big, but it, it's it's really a niche niche thing, and it's very it's filled with other niches within it. You know, right? Um. So I just think, uh, yeah, I, I was I was actually talking to a manufacturer about that. Like he's like, yeah, we need to bring a PR team in and do this and reach out to the ch- kids and families and stuff like that. So that's something I like to see. Raw take some 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 look look at doing it doing it may you know what i mean just it adds a little bit of professionalism to it and um people can see because people that are going to say why do i need to vote for raw i need to do this is going to say the same old thing they will say raw doesn't do anything but me they don't give me they just give me insurance or this doesn't work or something like that but it should be something that is people should be proud to be a part of like you know what i mean and uh it should be the federation should be leading the charge with growing this industry, growing this sport and being proactive and doing things differently and keeping up with the times. 
Like you got to leave the past in the past. We have to go yeah. forward. You know, that was one uh, of the frustrating things when I came on the committee was all these old grievances. Sorry, my cat's running behind me. I see uh, you got two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- like they have all this bad blood with all these different people, but they're all key players in the industry. And if you continue to say, oh, well, 15 years ago, this happened. Yeah, that was 15 <laughs> years ago. People have had children that got to college by now. Come yeah, on, they got to get over it. That got the old guys got to go, man. Yeah. And who would you uh, like if you was to? So, how many positions are now vacant there? In there's total? two, two right now: promotion director and sanctioning director. All right, but there's lots of regional direct, regional reps that uh need to be they're, filled, yeah, right? They're totally vacant. Yep. What would a regional? So a lot of people like to say this too, and I'm one of them too. And I know it all comes down to to competing with other other races. Okay, maybe regional races to qualify okay say we don't have a go to a series regional races to qualify for nationals is that something that raw can enforce uh, uh so sure Roar could do whatever they want uh technically but right now there's only a few regions that even hold any kind of regionals mm-hmm. like there's 12 regions and maybe three hold a regional of any kind during right. the year maybe it's a they have to work with uh, existing race in that region uh, yeah, so they could do that. Like, I feel like we need to get, like, be able to run races. So we got to crawl before we run. Okay. And, um, the first thing would be able to do the large events well. And what then, would you need from the RMT then? What are you looking for more from the RMT? And how many people would that take? I don't know that it takes a lot more people. It just mm-hmm. takes the right people. Okay. So you got to have your race director who's paying attention to everything going on. Mm-hmm. And right now, when a nat- when a track hosts, they're responsible to give two people to Roar, and then Roar brings in the team of the rest to do whatever. In the future, I could see it where, like you're saying, they kind of come in, call the balls and strikes, and the track makes more of the money mm-hmm. than the little pittance that they get now. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, we waste more money running a race than we take in on probably five of the six, four of the six nationals. So between paying for people to fly around the country, shipping stuff here or there, um, from what I recall, we were losing money on four of the six nationals every year. Well, that would be too because of low entries too, like the e-buggy nuts. Like it's, unfortunately, it's just still not catching on. Like, you know? It could be, but I think a lot of it too is like just not, proper planning like we would right. wait until two three weeks before the race to then work a plane ticket out but if you did it two or three months before a race you save a thousand dollars on five people's tickets so they just need revamping everywhere like they need yes. someone to just take charge and just be like all right let's let's look we know that we know that this race is going to be this six months from now we're sending this person this person this person there is buy a ticket now yes yep and i have somebody who is um uh, interested in running the race who has run money in big races and would like he's already that's the already his mindset i'll have you know my five six people that are on rmt will send however many we need you know between two to or three to five for whatever yeah, but they have to be able to come in there and just make all those decisions like they yeah. have to run the race and then work with the, the track crew takes care of the track yep you yep. know what i mean yeah that's so, exactly right so, so- we've kind of got stuff in place or I've got tentative agreements in place to square away the RMT from day one. 
Okay. And that would, I mean, so we have not yet had a, it's now November 11th when we're recording this. We have not had a date or track set for the eight scale nationals next year, uh, which would make that it's actually a world's qualifying year as well. It's probably going to be well attended. I'm hearing it might be LCRC again, which had it in 2021. I, I like LCRC. Don't get me wrong. But we're when and Efra and Efra's going through this too. We're seeing tracks not bidding on races. I mean, I, I swear that the reason that it was at Adobe this year and it was in March, well, it had to be in March because it couldn't be in June, was because what no other tracks bid for this. And I heard that I wasn't part of the committee at that point, right? But even when I was competition director and and taking in the bids, mm-hmm. there was very rarely more than two tracks that bid for any race, but they get $1,500 to, to host. So they provide uh, like LCRC, they, they groom the whole track. So they, that whole staff, and they're supposed to provide uh, a couple bodies to help roar in tech mm-hmm. um, and maybe off tech cars, make sure things are passed over or whatever. So they make $1,500 and they not only have to do pay all their people that are working there, but they have to pay a couple of people that are working for Roar. So if they yeah. were making uh, if they were making more of the money and Roar was sending less of the people, mm-hmm. then it would be more feasible for the tracks to want to host exactly. nationals because not. I mean, sure, we'll make it prestigious again. We'll mm-hmm. get our head out of our butt. We'll make these events fun. Will make people want to come and not, you know, if something goes wrong, sure, okay, it went wrong, and we checked tanks in this pressurized manner that these guys suggested. We checked them in the way that Europeans checked them, like we checked them five to six different ways, and this is the results of those testing, and this is what we're gonna do. You know, so like if you support, if you do what the people expect, even if there's a problem. They'll they'll forgive you, but mm-hmm. if you don't address the problem, at, or wait till a week before the race and say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna let you sand your tires," well, why didn't I know that a month before the race? I'm still thinking that I've asked for five six weeks and you haven't given me an answer. Like, have the balls to make a decision, whether it's the right or wrong one. Just make a decision, mm-hmm. and then if it's the wrong one, you learn from that and you choose something else next time or do something different next time. But make a decision. Don't wait until the last second or hope that somebody makes a decision for you. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what Javier said in his meeting, his introduction in the meetings when he stepped on, he said either support or not, but make a decision. And it's no decision is worse is the worst thing ever. Yes. So, um, but back to the, tra- also back to the tracks, mm-hmm. I think Sorry. people don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, they got $1,500. I think I was reading the rules. I, I think LCRC's figured out a way how to make money off it because, um, but the track has to has to sell every. They have to do the track so, has to do all the work. Yeah, so they make fifteen hundred for the first hundred and twenty five entries, I think, and then they get an additional thousand dollars if they get over a certain amount, and then after a certain amount, they get a per entry thing. So LCRC is smart enough to know that they'll sell out, so they. Uh, at least when I did it, they negotiated the cap to make sure that it was 350 and Roar didn't short them saying, oh, no, no, no we're going to make it 300. No, no, no. If we're going to accept the nationals, 
the limit's going to be 350 or whatever they felt that they could push through in a day of qualifying. And their announcer called the race um, and they did their whole track grooming. I, I was out there helping them with mud and, and Christy, Krista was bringing yes. the tractor over and we were all trying that. to fill in. The, yeah. We were all trying to rake and fill and get all muddy. And like it, the, they had, I don't know, probably five, six, maybe 10 people. Um, they're just fixing everything on the track after that rain came and washed everything away. Yeah. But, and, but they, and they also make, they, so the tracks also have to make their money off like renting out spots um, yeah, he has the camper spot sp- sponsors. They they th- basically, and um, how I can see it is that the track has to do everything, right? Raw shows up, fucks everything. <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> Raw shows up, does what it has to do, and then like they just go away like after that. And I feel like that that's an extensive amount of work to not really be guaranteed to make the money because I yeah. I can't see how Tim Lime. Like because he didn't get that many entries, so I know he didn't hit the like Tim Lime where they had the nationals this past. Oh yeah, this past year, yeah, Adobe. Because I think he did that just passion out of passion because he wanted to do it. Because I can't see if he made money on it. Because yeah, he probably made money where he made some money off the rental stuff, but it's so much stuff that you have to do. And I just feel like the input that Raw has to do with that should be a little bit more. Like you're making this this amount of money. I think you're making money off this with entries and. And that, what, like that, like that. But if tracks aren't bidding on your race, if you're struggling to get uh, tracks to bid on your on your races, then you have to look at something and fix that. Because without the yeah. tracks, you can't have a race, you know. And unless you're gonna go build one and do it indoors, which I don't right. see that happening, <laughs> you know, I don't see that ever happening. So, uh, all right, I have a few non notes here. We've been talking a lot um, about this type of stuff. We talked about promoting everything, and uh, let's talk a little bit about Afra making this change here uh, this past weekend. And and one more thing I want to talk about is like youth programs. If you have any ideas, well, let's talk about youth programs first. Uh, any thoughts on maybe establishing? Like I was talking today when I was recording for uh, my my podcast with Max. Somebody asked about youth and how we can. Um, progress them and i still believe that they have to earn it they have to beat these old guys that are still winning and when i say old guys like an hospital like the cavaliers and the mayfields and these guys are still winning but what i like to see is some maybe some junior championships that actually aren't just that are valid like you know like hey i'm an under 16 national champion of this price like i think we need to f- figure out how to get the federations uh making these even in the racing like we need to have more youth stuff. Like we have a, it's over 40 class, mm-hmm. you know, but we yeah, need to have these youth like classes. Like, nowadays, but yeah, yeah, like any other sport, <laughs> they have like, oh, what are the junior champions or whatever? We have that, but it's not, it's, in my opinion, it's not made a big deal. Like, or maybe we, maybe we need to have just a youth championship or junior championships or what they do in Europe. They have a Euro B, which is where like, so like all the guys who are like pretty well sponsored and, you know, really good guy, really fast in their regions, they would go to the Euro A. Mm-hmm. which is the main one. And then they have a Euro B, which is guys who are still fast, maybe younger coming up where they can go make a name for themselves in that type of class. Maybe we need to go that to that type of nationals as well. I like to see that be more about youth though, because I think 
if you look at motocross and some of these other sports, it's it's separated by age groups and stuff like that. And as a, you know, we just don't have that type of structure in RC at all, it seems. We have a junior final and that's it. Yeah, so like well, the junior final like is that. kind of like an afterthought. Like we get there yeah, exactly. and then we tell them, hey, if you want to run the junior class, you have to be under this age. And we're going to take the top 15 qualifiers of the age, which I was like, why are we taking the top 15? They're already going to be C, B main drivers. Why aren't we taking the bottom 15? So we can get the more novice people to have a chance to, you know, do something we, and grow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just means to get more young people into this, man. More young people in this. I hope uh, as as your father. So I don't know if does your daughter race. Uh, she did for a while. Okay, um, and then she became a teenager and not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to get some more youth in. All right, so I'm gonna read you what um what. Javier said, I'll just breeze through it so you can get a little gist of what he said. He goes, he goes, yes, this year you have a big and important responsibility in the future of Afro and the future of RC community with the election of a new Afro president that you're going to choose, not just a person, you're going to choose which direction you want to take. I don't know. I don't know if all of you realize your responsibility in the day-to-day working of Afro. I guess you're not aware because I have to say some of the frustration to leave Afro comes because of the lack of answers, proposals, feedback, and and work for national federations and associated and and associated associated member side. Because of all of you, the keys of the Afro all because all of you have the keys of the, of Afro to accept and refuse any project, development plan rules, and the power to use these keys. The power to use these these keys have been used during the year, not just in a couple of yes or not. Basically what he's saying, and the power of these keys need to be used not just during the year just to say yes or no. Mm. He goes, or votes on the AGM. You have to be proactive. You have to support or not support the Afro board. You have to answer mails, accept drivers in the system, promote European championships in your countries, get feedback off Afro projects, and a lot more. I hope you choose the right option for Afro's future and, on, and for your own future as well. But nothing will be valid if after the election of the new Afro president, you go home and keep the same as now. My advice is be proactive and work for the RC community because he actually did start like a development plan and all this type of stuff to get more youth in it and all this type of stuff. I think you should have a read of the um the minutes here if you go to their Facebook page and you got some time. I didn't have much time. Yeah, I wrote a note down so I can go back and check it out. So he basically says everything that you said. And I actually think that Afra is a fully... Way in way better shape than Raw is. Like, oh, you know I what I mean? Yep. So his frustration at this was he's done this for four years, man. He just hit too many roadblocks. And it, it all came from the old guard of the, these federations, man, that just don't. You look through the meat. You can look through the minutes and see, like, how it works, man. And, yeah, man, I, you're not alone. Like, it's happening at these other places. And. I think, uh, you know, Javier came in there with with these great expectations and he done some good things, but he also had to be political. You don't seem like you're very political, Uh, which I like. I'm I'm very agnostic. Yeah. I want to get things done. I don't care where you're coming from or what orientation is or what what your gender identity is. You can be whatever you want. Uh, It doesn't matter to me. We got to get the job done. Exactly. That's the important thing. 
We got exactly. And I think it's going to take somebody like that to do that. Yeah. With that type of attitude. Then you're going to have to break. JQ so tells me all the time. <laughs> he goes, you got to break. He goes, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet lefty. <laughs> I say, you just break the whole carton of eggs. And, um, but that's what's going to have to happen. And it's going to have to like, I like your attitude already, man. If I was a Royal member, I'd vote for you. Um, so tell people. So the Royal membership voting is up on the 30th of November. If you get elected, when do you start your tenure? January 1. Okay. So I like what you're saying. I, 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 I am all about change and I want to be around people that want change and push for change and pro pro and um, progress our sport. So talking to you, you seem to understand the real, what it's going to take to do this. Like, you know, that you have to get rid of some people, you know, you have to do this or they either, they have to get, they have to step up the game or they have to let somebody else come in. Yeah. I am totally fine with you. You know, whatever you didn't do in the past, that's in mm-hmm. the past from here on out, we got to get some stuff done. We're not yes. here to talk. Like yes. uh, if I, if I have access to my archives, um, I will, uh, to the archives of war when I mm-hmm. become president, I will get the recording where I just went off and just, <laughs> I'll just play my part. And you may have to be quite a few words, but I think people would could, can hear the frustration from my rant at the committee because like it, it was just coming to a boil we talk, talk, talk. We talk about all these things we need to do. Uh, we need to find some way to make sure Blinky Speedos are Blinky or, you know, spec motors stay spec and all this stuff. And, you know, we have all these great ideas and nobody does anything. I'm like, this is just BS. Why, like, though? I don't understand why. I, I don't because nobody holds anybody accountable. That's really what it comes down to. There were people, um, even Brent. Clingforth was one of them that said, you know, I'll, I'll do research on this device or whatever. And he either got busy or whatever, um, but it didn't happen. But then we didn't hold anybody accountable. So even if you forgot to do it last month, if you're not told, hey, where is this result? I need this. And why does it got to take a month? We have email. This is the freaking 2020s. We can chat, talk about stuff. So <clears throat> Jeff Parker is the only paid member of Raw, correct? No, he is not paid. Okay. Bob Ingersoll is the only paid uh, person of war. He's the administrator. Okay. Wouldn't it make more sense to take that money and disperse that out throughout the committee so at least that people are putting in their time can feel like they get something back? Or is that not? I think. So in the bylaws, the, mm-hmm. the, I, I have to check how it's worded, but it seems like only one person is allowed to be paid with the bylaws. Now, I would like to change bylaws because I don't feel like it's smart to have EA and have, uh, and Joaquin uh, from Serpent not be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of having two people on there that can't vote? They're like, just advisors. Like. Yeah. Okay, great. They're advising. But you don't listen to squad anyway, so why not have them vote? Like, so, like, there's a lot of things I feel need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Changing bylaws will be as easy. But I, there's things that I know we can change quickly. Okay. Like at least posting the updated rules. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give the manufacturers, because I don't think they ever got sent the updated rule book, a chance to look through it. So like I would guess maybe fe- in the middle of February or something might be the first time rules are updated uh, or, or reposted. 
Um, but if there's something that happens at a race, you just change it in the rule book when you come home from the race and say, hey, this was changed on this date at the very beginning of the rule book. So that way you know where that it's changed. But the rule book stays current. <laughs> like, oh, we're no longer going to say you have to run treaded tires and off-road. Okay, cool. Take the rule out. Say, hey, on this date, this would change. We don't need to wait for a year or a committee meeting or whatever. To our majority <laughs> rules, put it in, or we don't do it. Like it's it's very simple stuff that we waste way too much time talking about. I agree, man. I Clayton, I I enjoyed our chat. I'm sure we'll have many more. I know you're a busy man. Uh, That's our <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be busy here shortly. Very busy. But I like your attitude. I like. I I think. Uh, you're the guy that's gonna the, the attitude that you have is the person that's to, to get it done, like because you know how it is to be frustrated by meeting all the opposition that you met previously. So, and I know that you have to get people in there that's gonna support you and help you do things. So, and well, I, I want them to support the sport. Like, I may yeah. have a stupid idea, I don't want them to just go, Oh, yeah, Clayton knows what he's talking about. No, no, no it can't be blind support, it yeah, has to yeah. be you have to have people in there that can you, oh, come on, let's think about this, yeah, but. It, it's better than being stonewalled at everything you do. Yep. yep. And that's not going to grow anything. And um, these federations all need to. Now we can remember the past, and we can, we yeah. can always, and we can always look back and say, "Hey, that was the good times, a great heritage." But we need to go forward. And RC, in my opinion, as an industry, is at least fifteen years behind the rest of the world. I think in certain things, and we need yeah. to get back up. To, we need to get up to speed with a lot of things, and we need to be all ambassadors for RC and the, the manufacturers along with you guys and the federations need to be kind of leading that charge. And I hope I, I like that you got all the, I mean, just hearing that story about getting the different races to get together and manufacturers agree was, is was good to see as well because I think the manufacturers want to see something new happen too. Right. So, well, I mean, if we grow the sport, we grow the sport, which then grows their base. Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> But but when we're war and we say you're manufacturers, you're making money, we're not, so you guys figure it out. That that doesn't help anybody. Like no, what is that a freaking mindset no, that's for? Like, <laughs> don't you realize that if everything gets bigger, everybody makes some money? Like, you know what I mean? That's how it works. Like the bigger the pie, the more people eat. Um <laughs> it's simple as I've that. I've heard that one before. That's that's probably that's pretty good. So I just made that one up, by the way. Um, <laughs> Point that uh, one. That's Lefty's call. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for having you on. Uh, when will we know the results? When will we, So voting was supposed to start on the 1st. It started on the 4th or 5th because of technical issues with the Boedmaster mm -hmm. or website or whatever. So we should know the results the end of December or the beginning of December. I would say December 1, but my guess is more like December 15th. Okay. Maybe. How about your opposition? What 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 do we know about Larry David? I know he's a great comedian. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, no, it's it's a it's a com a comedian named Larry David. Oh, okay. So he was vice president when I came on the committee, but he never attended any meetings. So I I know little to nothing about him. Oh, so okay, all right, yeah, all right. He's only attended. No meetings, and he's only been to two races since well, 2015. He, he might have attended them before I became mm -hmm. a committee member, but it was about, I think it was about a year before they replaced him with a, a vice president. Uh, I mean, has he done any type of promotion to do this? To like, 
Not that I've seen. Uh, so anybody can um, can nominate somebody. Okay. And uh, I know Jeff Parker was rallying people to run against me, so there would be at least an election. So. Um, <laughs> oh, he's trying to get a puppet president. I got it. I, there we I'm go. not going to say any of that because I don't know facts. I wasn't there for his conversation. I'll say it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just know no, uh, he had even tried. He told EA, uh, "You're gonna let that uh, person, uh, what not person, but uh, so you and Jeff Parker really don't like each other." Okay, I get that. We're, we're friends. Means like oh, socially, we can be okay. But right. I don't like like we had an incident at the last Nats where I got wrecked from behind. The announcer is like, "You got to wait and let him buy." The guy waited ish, and I was in a train of cars, and he didn't want. So the train of cars to go by, so he jumped in front of the train. Um, and I was like, Jeff, that's a rule. Like he didn't follow the the race announcer's rule. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, what did the race director or the race announcer say? So he went to race announcer. He's like, I called him and he got wrecked, but then he had a little of a tuck, and so wasn't sure. He's like, Well, did he wait? He's like, He waited ish, but he didn't wait for him to get back by. Like, okay, there's your answer. He didn't wait for him to get back by. He didn't follow the rules. Rule is he loses a lap from his best run, period. That's just a black and white rule. Well, but you're running for president, and now it's going to look like I'm biased. I'm like, it's a black and white rule. He didn't do what he said. So he would have had to wait maybe a half a tenth of a second longer for me to get by, and he didn't want to. So, like, (laughs) That's a problem, though. That's a problem that needs to be addressed on a club level in RC, in my opinion. Yeah, it's rampant everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm not saying it don't happen in Europe, but it's definitely some rough driving. But man, I tell you, they they are they are stickler for referees, man. They they like it. I think they're well, you can it. use the F1 rule. Like if your front tire isn't in front of their rear tire going into the corner, not like you beelined it to put it there, but like is that guy's entering the corner? If your front tire is not in front of them, then you don't have a right to the corner. If you don't let them back by, you're gonna get penalized. Like. Mm. We can make some simple rules, but mm-hmm. we we should be racing each other clean. I mean, we're not inside the cars, so we're not going to be as exact as if we were inside the cars. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff like you just you just don't send a full send up somebody's backside into a corner, like from behind. You you kind of got to work your way alongside. Sweet, cool. Well, I will say this: uh, if you guys are on the fence, if you listen to this, and um, you're like, what is Raw going to do for me? Well, I would say go sign up for Raw and vote for this guy because he sounds like he wants to do some actual things and make he, he's not going to take any shit. And that's what I like to see and what I like to hear because that's the type of person it's going to take to uh, fix Raw. And it's going to be very hard. It's not going to be it's not going to be easy right. because it's it's about winning the trust of the people because that's where your, your money comes from. It's about... Uh, just establishing, yeah, you got you're gonna have to, you're just gonna have to get it done, yeah. And that's and all it comes people, down to, you know. If you're not a war member now, don't become a war member to vote, wait till we earn your trust, and then you'll want to become a war member. But that's I'm not totally all, you're supposed it. to let that's not how we promote you. So don't be hating, vote for Clayton. That's Jeff Rowland saying. I like that one. <laughs> don't be hating, vote for Clayton. Uh Clayton, it was it's great to get to know you. I wish you all the best. I hope I really hope you come become raw president. Uh because we need to we we just need to we need it. Like we need raw. Like I think we need it. We need a functioning federation that's being Absolutely. proactive and 
doing things that are positive in the RC, in the racing community. Because as I said, my buddy says, the hobby of RC, the bashing side, the crawling side, that side is doing great. The sport of RC could need, could use some, could use some breath of fresh air. Uh, enema. <laughs> I was going to say breath of fresh air. Come on with an enema. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like you already. I like you already. <laughs> Uh, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. And um, I wish you all the best because we we need to we need to we need to fix this. We do. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I look forward to coming on as president. Yeah, that'll be fun when you when you win. You come on her, cool dude. But you have a good evening, and thank you for your time. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you to TZO and the super cutoff. I just, cut off, I uh, just love that it just cuts off. Like I'm I know, just uh, Nick, we gotta get that worked out, Nick. <laughs> uh, but thank you to TZO Tires. Uh, hopefully, they come on as a sponsor next year as well. Um, but this week we're, they're bringing you your silly season news. That uh, wow! So I went to take a nap this morning, uh, this afternoon, Max, because I was really tired because it's been a long weekend. I've had a guest here. I got new glasses too, by the way. Did you see that? I got new glasses. I have to wear them all the time now. So. Um, yeah, I'm getting old. Um, I wake up this morning. I got messages from people all on Facebook talking about where is this person going? Where's Robert Betty again? Is he going? I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I know that he's leaving Mugen, but I didn't know he had announced it today. So uh, it's official, everybody. Mugen and Mugen Seiki and Robert Betty have split ways. And here's a letter from Mugen. He wrote in a letter for him. It's been a very good 12 years, the best of my career so far. We've achieved many goals, had lots of fun. And you've helped me become who I am. I have so many memories from all this time. It's been hard to sum them all up in one post. I can only thank you for all the help received. You always have a place in my heart. It's time to take different paths. Wish you guys the best in the future. It's been a pleasure being a part of the hashtag Mugen family. I'd like to thank Stefan Habak and Juan John Weaves Fuerte for giving me the opportunity in 2021, 2011. See you at the circuits. So thus ends um, a 12-year stint at Mugen for Robert Battier. Uh, to, you had some of some some of. Let's go through some of the the um, accolades that Robert has garnered while he has been under the Mugen tenure. So you wrote down some. He did. So he won a Euros in 2011 with that. Yeah. 2012 Worlds win, obviously, in Argentina. Yeah, Argentina. I don't know about 2014, 2015. You don't really have question marks. Sure. 2016 Worlds second. Yeah. Vice 2017. Yeah. Vice. Yeah, I mean, 2017 win. 2018 DNC second. He won Neo. So he won Neo Buggy at the last Neo Buggy then. Yeah, that was at the Red Yeah. Right. Worlds, he got six, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what he, what results, but I think he had, he had a pretty much a, a decent win every year, pretty much. Uh, I don't know if he had a big win this year. I can't remember one, but pretty much every year 
on his run in Munich. He had at least one big win. Obviously, the two European Championship, the World Championship, second place 2016. Even with like he had a big issue before the race with, uh, I believe he had some kidney stones. Yep, yep, I remember operation that. and all that, and still ended up finishing second after the week. Um, and yeah, I think he won the Spanish championships every year except for this one, I believe. Yeah. So he, he definitely. Time for uh, a change, you think? Um, I think so. I think he was looking on the downhill for a while. Yes, not, I would say not like, of not the year. like, yeah, I mean, not, not, I mean, I'd say since like the 2017, 2018, 2019, since then he's been like slightly dropping off, you know, he still has good results and he's still like in the fight most of the time. But when it was like, I'd say from like 2011 to 2017, like any time he raced, he was in the top three. You know, pretty much mm-hmm. like any time mm-hmm. you could pick him to win almost any race. Um, he didn't always win, but he was always in a fight. And especially his skill in long mains. Like he could yes. have a terrible start and then just fucking catch up everyone, take the lead and win it. That's that's one quality that I think people know him about. And that's definitely something he's made clear, especially through those Mugen years. And, well, it's uh, not even that. He uh he did pretty well at the Worlds. I mean, he just missed making the main by of a flame yeah, off that lane. Yeah, I think it was a bit unfortunate. I think he mo- he, he pretty much was going to go in the main. That unfortunate flame out made that not happen, but He's been he's been strong this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think you know, for the past few years, he hasn't anymore been sort of the guy that's like because right now it's all about Canas, Ongaro, and Ron. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before it was like Batier, Ronafalk. Um, at some point, it was Ongaro there in the mix too. But like Boots, Batier, Ronafalk, those were the guys at one point, and Savoyo uh, was sort of before. Robert's Mugen era. It was like Robert and Savoya who uh, fought for the European Championship wins. But yeah, Robert's been like the craziest thing is he's been one of the fastest guys, like at least top three European driver since like what 2004 until yeah, like that, that, pretty much pretty much like the past three years. So yeah, yeah, uh, I... he's had a great career uh, so far, and I think it's good also that. When you sort of get into a bit of a downhill, then you have to sort of change something too. Because like right now, uh, Kittich brothers are re- really, really well with the music and he's sort of, he sort of was getting uh, shuffled you know, to the back. He's getting yeah. shuffled to the back in the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, so I think real... it was it was time to change for sure. Right. So I knew I kind of felt that he was out of Mugen uh, early this year because I heard you know obviously that Mugen was not did not pay for him to go to DNC, so he had to get money for that in another area. And when you when you start doing things like that, you you kind of know that that's it, the writings on the wall. There, maybe yeah, this year yeah. was you know. Um, so it's unfortunate, but where one door opens, another one, where one door closes, another one opens. I mean, 12 years is a long time. We don't see people doing 12 year stints no more. Yeah. With companies. Yeah, that, yeah. And ben being successful as he is. One. Yeah. 
Yeah, Fendi's probably the only one who's gone for yes. like forever. But. And and like Craig and those guys. So yeah, Robert's yeah. a little older, thirty-five. You can see. I talked to him and I was like, "Well, how many do, how many worlds do you think you have?" And he says, "I have this one plus two more." So he's thinking forty. I would say is his final, where he. Yeah. You know, he, he, I, I think Robert can still be competitive, but I think I've said this before. I think we're going to see Robert transition. He's also been one of the guys who's always tried to do a business of some sort in RC. Yeah, so it's very yeah, yeah. business orientated, very similar to yeah, Tilo. I mean, is similar as well. Yeah. Um, so with that said, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, so this also opens up, and, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's saying, Mayako, Mayako, Mayako. I cannot say, uh, confirm at this point if it's yeah. Mayako or not. I cannot confirm that. But I mean, um, it is actually, his brother's I, running I'm the gonna, car. I'm gonna his brother's it. running the car. It's 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 gonna. Know. Okay, okay, so Max muted himself in case you guys <laughs> want to know. He muted himself and said it. But uh, I mean, I'm going with Robert. I mean, look at him. He's he's really involved with the invisible speed yeah. stuff. He's he's we're going on tour in a week's time. I'm sure everything will wouldn't be that revealed. Be a, then. Wouldn't that be a curveball if it isn't Mayako? You know, everyone's know. expecting it to be Mayako. Maybe we he joins like, like imagine like him traveling around South America and then it's techno, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's gonna, that, that would so, be like people would be like so weirded out by that. But it's it's like I woke up this morning and silly season had started. So it's it's kind of started. Uh, yeah. and then of course the big rumors coming out of AMS this weekend is Tebow's out at Techno, and and, yeah. and everybody's asking if it's Mayako on that side of things. I don't know. I don't. He and I asked him. He's like, no, I have options. So he's looking at other things, and then of course the big rumor, which is getting closer and closer to looking like it's going to be true, is that Mayfield's out at May Mugen and going to Techno. But yeah. that has not been confirmed yet. But I've heard it from many, 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 many sources. If Mayfield this is almost like his contract ending, Mugen is downsizing, and Techno is out of top driver. Like it's just like, come on, guys! It's almost as obvious as people thinking that Robert's going to Mayako. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost more obvious. But. Uh, besides all of that, okay, I still can't contemplate where Tebow's going. We we kind of feel that Mayfield. I mean, yeah. it could be all smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. But yeah, if maybe Mayfield, out, Mayfield who, goes to AE, who knows? Right, maybe he goes to AE because they. I think they need somebody over there on the yeah. eight scale side for him. Yeah, for where, sure. Who goes Mugen? Who goes to Mugen? I don't think anyone. I think I don't think anybody either. I think they go I with think nobody. At best, they go with like. Seth, Seth Van Dalen, but it's not gonna be like a pro deal. It's gonna be no. Know, he'll get paid. Troubles. He'll get paid, but it's not like they're not gonna pay him. Yeah, because they'll. Yeah. He'll get paid. I someone. think. I think they'll pay him like a little bit, but not like a proper salary. You know. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, let's be honest. That's one of the reasons why Mayfield's leaving is because he wasn't getting a. a salary that he wanted from Mugen. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of people say, well, how is Mugen going to do without a top driver? And I, I'm just saying, I don't know if they're getting Seth or anything, but I just think that that's a good fit for some for some reason. Yeah, I think 
I think the Kilic brothers are good enough in Europe, so they don't have to worry about. Well, I heard they. I heard they might be coming DNC too. Yes, and also like the Kilic brothers are gonna be fast at DNC most likely, Um, and Drake is still there. You know, I I I don't see Drake leaving me again. So, like, if Kilic brothers win in Europe, uh, Drake's there. I I I bet they try. At least Drake probably would like to get someone on the team who you know is good enough to at least make mains and finish like yes. sometimes in the top five. Someone like Seth yeah. Mendelian, Tyler Jones. Um, maybe I can definitely see one of those guys go into that that team in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe they have a full time job. Uh, but they get to travel to races and yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, of kind of. I think Tanner Denny going back to Mugen could be possible, but I doubt it. I think he's staying at Works. I think. He's yeah, fine. I think they all have a contract. Yeah. I, otherwise, yeah. that I have not heard anything else. Um, no. I'm just kind of. Yeah, but I think I think Tebow out of Techno is pretty much. Pretty much, almost like almost done. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, I mean, I pretty much sure of that, and I'm pretty much sure that Mayfield's yeah. out. Like, this is all hearsay. Everybody, don't go saying that. It's it's the it's the truth, but it's pretty strong. Like, if I was to pay, be a betting man, I'd be betting right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's but, it. Max. I mean, I mean, I think these two things we talked about those are. Robert going. And, Once again, uh, Max mutes his <laughs> mutes his mic when he says the name where he thinks it's going. Yeah. So you have to uh, watch this and read his lips. Yeah. And then Tebow going to wherever he ends up going, but out of techno and Mayfield moving to techno. Well, so what's what's next for tech? What's what's next for Tebow? Can he talking to him? He still thinks he 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 feels that he can win. You know. Yeah. Um, so here's what I think his options are. Okay. Is I think the most likely options are Kyosho, Mayako, uh, perhaps HB, but not uh, it, HB and Sbox has such a big team. It would be a bit weird if he goes there. So I could see him go to AE actually. Mm-hmm. Um. Really, TLR, TLR. I Somebody said see. that to me today. Tebow to AE. Yeah. yeah, I think. I don't think Tebow like. Not okay, he said, could go to. Yeah. Not that Tebow they said he's good go there, but to, it could be a, a, a it could be a place. Yeah, that he I think. I think it's gonna be one of these following teams. It's gonna be either Kyosho, uh, Mayako. Uh, AE, um, Mugen? Ah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Mugen. I think HB and Sbox has such a big team, you know, unless they get if Cole leaves or whatever. I don't see then, that. Then, yeah, I don't see Cole leaving. So I think Sbox and HB are too full. Um, yeah, so basically, it's it's those three I mentioned and, uh, Maybe I mean, WRC uh, signed yeah, somebody in was, America this year. I was I was gonna say WRC, but I don't know if Tebow wants to do that. I think I think WRC are eager to sign a top driver because they don't have mm-hmm. one. 
Uh, and I, I think they pay him pretty well. So, yeah, I think for Thibaut's sake, in terms of having um, a comfortable job, WRC is going to be the most likely option with those other brands like Kyosho, Mayako, and um, AE. I think he he's going to have to sort of downsize a bit from the salaries most likely getting from tech. Do you see him transitioning into that more? Because he's also a person that sells. I think that's where he's going to go. Be selling a lot more. JK oh, 100%. Oh, all yeah. that type of stuff. I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised for him to go like almost privateer too, you know? Mm, mm. Like run his own race program. Like, I think, I mean, he, I think he's obviously going to get like travel and, uh, you know, some sort of budget. Uh, and a salary. Yeah. But, uh, from all those brands I mentioned, but it's it's uh, it's not like he's on now. Like he, basically now he's like he gets a monthly salary and races. That's what I believe. I obviously I don't have any facts here, but that's what I believe. And I think the options he has now aren't gonna be as good. But my thing is that I believe if he makes a good choice with the brand he chooses and has a good car, I see Tebow making a true comeback. You know, mm. I I see him being like, he's not like ready a, to give up. When I talk to him, it's yeah. like, I still can go. I can still beat these guys. Yeah. The thing is like, I can see him get into that top three conversation, you know, but like uh, straight up challenging Mason Fend and Mayfield who are the, Overall, over, overall, and throughout the year, that most the top three, I'd say, from America. And Tebow is like fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth best in America. I I put him at fourth best in America. Mm-hmm. So I think he can sort of, you know, but there's a bigger gap between, you know. Yeah, I would say so. I agree with you. I agree. But you. I, I think he could climb that gap back and get into that, you know, top three conversation uh, next year if he if he gets onto a good car. And, uh, yeah, I really believe, you know, if he has the car that is good and he can make it good for himself, then I believe, like, he could actually be a contender for the national championship next year and okay. stuff like that. Okay. That's my that's my sort of guess. Because, you know, yeah, I don't know how to put it, but it, it is refreshing to switch to a new brand. and. The thing is, if he switches to WRC, he's gonna have a tough year next year because it's a new car. He doesn't really have any any support in terms of like you know, if he was you know, like with Techno, he has like four guys who are right, almost right, at right, his right. level. But with WRC, he has to do pretty much everything himself. Like obviously, has a good like team managers and managers, and he has support from that side. But still, he has to sort of have a foundation for his own race program. And if he gets onto a team where he has that same support and foundation he's had at Techno, but has that new sort of fresh attitude going forwards, yeah, I think I think he'll be good. Okay. All right. I, I, I think he'll be all right. I think he's still determined to to win yeah. and do well, but I also think oh, he's, you're sure. going to see him yeah. transitioning more into 
Doing up the games, do social media a lot more, YouTube, all that type of stuff. So, and selling stuff. Mayfield to Techno, um, it's going to be interesting to see, but I understand why Techno, Techno's probably feeling the same way we feel. Like, if we're going to go anywhere and we're going to take anybody that's going to win a race, it's going to be Mayfield. Uh, yeah. Probably too hard is, to get like, somebody like Fend, but Mayfield is. Yeah. And I wouldn't, like, if I was Techno, I wouldn't even really try to get Fend because he's like so married to TLR. He's been there mm-hmm. forever. It it would like I think even for brand image, getting Fend is not as good as getting Mayfield. Because Mayfield is like, yes, he's branded as a Mugen driver, but Mugen isn't that big of a, you know, thing on its own. You know, it's sort of like we always talk about Mayfield, but when we talk about Fend, we talk about TLR all the time, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think he has much bigger connection on that front. Whereas Mayfield changing the techno feels like natural. Like, yeah, Mayfield on techno. It doesn't feel that silly of an idea. All right. Cool. So uh, we got a noisy bike out there. Uh, we're going to close it up. Well, let's take some picks for two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive in, at Florida Copper Champs next weekend. So you can comment. Um, I'd go for... I'm going to go for Michael in four-wheel drive. And um, it's gonna be Fend, Michal, or yeah, it's gonna be Fend or Michal into a drive right too. Really? So. No Mayfield? No, not putting Mayfield in there? No, 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 no. I okay. I just can't see Mayfield. You know, like on carpet especially. It's like yeah, it's gonna be tough. And I don't. I think the Yokomoto drive is a bit. It's struggling a bit for sure. You know, the yeah. four drive on the Okomo, especially on low grip, is, is really good. Um, uh, so that, I mean, it already shows like Lee Martin and the European guys. It's, it's pretty much that that deal. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm going to go for Orlowski, Fend. If you, I don't, I don't know if Yona is going, but I think Yona is going. So if Yona is going, then I'm gonna go Fend. Uh, oh well, Rivkin's there too. Fend. Uh, no. Fend Orlowski. And oh no, Brock. Fend Orlowski. Ooh, Brock will drive. Four drive is gonna be Orlowski. Fend. I'm gonna go for Jonah Harton if he goes. I, I haven't talked to him, but I, I I think he said he's going to America. So I imagine it would be this race. So if Yona is going, it's going to be him in third. But if Yona isn't going, then it's going to be Brock in third. I forgot about so, Brock. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I so can't Fend, Orlowski, Brock in two-wheel drive. Orlowski, Fend, Brock in four-wheel drive. That's my okay. pick. I'm taking Fend and Orlowski. And Brock will be the the spoiler out of those two. Yeah. I think. All right. Well, Max, uh, we're probably not going to chat for a while. I'm going to be this now. Tomorrow starts yeah. like a month on the road for me. So You're gonna have you like for... a Western World Tour kind of like America tour, you call it maybe. Yeah, the Americas. Uh, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Tour. Follow all of that, guys, on us on our Instagram and our you know Invisible Speed, Roberts, everybody. We're gonna be we're gonna be crazy with the social media. Max, I think that's it for this weekend. Uh, yeah. Thank you for thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Clayton Young, for your time. Thank you guys for all the support once again here in 2022. 
Uh, thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you to the patrons of the uh, NNRC as well as the YouTube members. You guys get early release and help us out a lot. Thank you to the awesome companies that support us. If you want to be a part of the NNRC next year, hit me up and I'll send you out our one paper for our, for our tiers. It's very nice. Thank you to uh, he who knows who done it. I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't want any credit for it, but he did a really good job. And thank you to the current companies that uh, support and sponsor the podcast. They are InvisibleSpeed.net, TZO, 200 Tires, TNR Fuels, High Tech RC, Mayako, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, G-Spec RC Tuning, Sun Pedal USA, Clinic RC, Racecraft USA, RCGP, House of RC, David Ronafalk. Shout out to our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Alexander Hagberg, and Robert Battier. And don't forget, if you want swag and an rc swag in america check out ardent imprints on instagram I'll hit up jason bacall facebook and if you want it in europe now hit up rc haws and we can uh, get you some nnrc swag <laughs> max you enjoy the rest you're pretty busy you got some school exams and all that they're coming up yeah and then it'll be christmas and then we'll be back for 2023 so yeah with that said uh say goodbye we'll see we probably ain't going to see you closer to christmas time to be honest yeah, it's probably going to be like the Christmas special we do. That's the next yeah, time because yeah, I'm. Yeah. I think it's. I, I. I'm quite confident saying I'll be going to India on the 16th or what 14th. Ooh, okay. I'm leaving. Oh, so you're so going? I'm quite confident. Of November. Saying I'm, I'm going. No, no, no December. Next month, December. So. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to well, be having in- busy RC December. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope you go. With that said, Max, uh, I'm going to have fun at Florida Copper Champs. You can follow all of that. Follow my action this weekend, guys. I do leave tomorrow. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that and uh, working with Danny and all those guys. So with that said, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. Work 10 scale, builds the skills. Max and Lefty. We're out. We're out. See you guys later.